This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm uncomfortable. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're growing up in Sweden and having our dogs killed. As we watch Spine 178 oh. in the Criterion Collection, Lassie Hostrom's My Life as a Dog from 1985. <laughs> but first... RJ, why are you uncomfortable? Because mm-hmm. you make me uncomfortable. I'm not going to repeat it because I don't want I don't want people to know what you say to me off air because then we would get flagged and uh, <laughs> we would get taken down. People would say that we're no better than Alex Jones. And um, <laughs> I think I would have like – I mean I would probably get a lot of like TV interviews out of it. There, you they'd wish. Be like, he did, he did you, what? You wish you had a body like Alex Jones. For how long he did that? Mm-hmm. He he did what? And then it would be like, yeah, and they'd be like, Jared Duncan, is he Al Jones? Or wait, what's that? Guy? <laughs> Al Jones? I'll, I'm Al, Al Jolston to your Alex Jones. Well, I mean, the real question is, are you Alex Jones, or are you? Uh, what was the name of that serial rapist? <laughs> Let me Google it real quick. Eddie Brock from uh, Marvel Comics. Venom. Yeah. Whatever that guy's name is, you're probably somewhere in between those. What? I haven't read those uh, issues. Of Venom? Well, I mean, the symbiote, to be fair, it does take over the body. That is mental rape. Oh. Has this, has this never come up in the history of Marvel Comics before? Well, it's a symbiote, you know. It's um, Yeah, you is, get is something it... out of it eventually, but that's like a like mm. a domestic, like that's like a marriage where the man beats up the woman but like takes her out to dinner. It's like you get something out of it. How come Marvel's not calling me to write comic books? <laughs> huh? uh, you don't fill, fit their quotas yet. Mm, well, I'm working on that. Yeah. One day they'll need buffoon. Mm. So when you're not making people uncomfortable, what are you doing, Jer? I don't know. Every week is just a blur. Watching movies. Listening to podcasts, dreading Ooh. Wednesdays. Wednesdays are the worst day of the week, eh? Like, I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the show, but, like, I have always had this weird thing where everything in my life always piles on Wednesdays. And it, I know what you're saying. It's like, well, it's the middle of the week. You know, a lot of people schedule stuff on Wednesdays. No, no. I'm not talking about scheduling stuff. Like, I'm talking anomaly-type shit where it's like, how does this always happen on Wednesdays? Well, in theory, too, it's like... It's like it's one more day before listeners can listen to us again. And it's like, oh, I just can't wait. I just can't wait. Mm-hmm. But it's also the closest day to Thursday when you can listen to our beautiful voices and our great insights into all matters of life and cinema. Unless you live in a different time zone, and then maybe it would be a completely different well, day. It's already maybe Thursday. it's the it's, same day. It's already Thursday, and it's like the greatest day. What the, What's Greenwich Mean Time right now? Um, is that a sandwich? You don't know See, that that's, off? I know. That's like, that's, that's the material. world clock. That's Sad. the world clock, what it's set, set to. Yeah. I'll look it up because it's, it's clearly you don't know. Jolly old England. Gren, Greenwich Mean Time. It's one eighteen a.m. Wow. See, so it that's is where Thursday. The, on Thursday, yeah. So that is where the world begins. And uh, we're just living in yesterday. Like that hit movie about the Beatles. Yeah. How is that movie performing? I don't know. I know. I know uh, people on Twitter that seem, I mean, could be friends with the people involved in that movie seem to like it. Ah, if you know what I mean. 
I see a lot of these things nowadays where people are like, man, this is awesome. And then you look at it and you realize that it's like, oh, those people are working together next week or they just <laughs> did or, you know, shills. So speaking of which, let's talk about some of our fans that have uh, our, projects my, that we're going to be working my, with. My, one fav- day. my favorite shills. Mm, yes. Great content for everyone. Listen, if you're a fan of the show and you send me something that I don't like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you it's horseshit. Okay? Because that's what a friend does, Jarrett. Yeah. You ever heard of this comic book called The Gall Man? Mm-hmm. Mm. I heard it's from a car, uh, cartoon legend. Is that true? Or cartoon god, I believe it is. I, I car, car, cartoonist god. This is some uh, extreme insider information here, but uh, if anyone does pick up on that, great. First up in seven emails... Holy fuck! You shouldn't you shouldn't have let me jammer on so much. Get to it, man. I can't stop the train once it's going. That's true. That's true. Oliver Granger, my wallet and my patience. Ooh, girl. I canceled the Criterion channel today. <gasps> Whoa. I use it on Chrome browser as the app doesn't work on my phone. I tried mm. to watch Katharina Blum on Friday night, but I kept having buffering issues. RJ yeah. mentioned it a while back. It's not like it stops and starts. You actually have to skip a couple seconds to get it playing again. The last two movies played pretty fine, so I was pissed it started happening again. I went to watch it again on Sunday. Same problem. These problems should be over by now, and I never had it with Filmstruck. I will only subscribe again if it becomes hard to source the films. Is anyone else still having problems with the channel? I think that's a good point. I, I think you and me have a, a pretty easy time with the Amazon Fire Sticks. Yep. Uh, and if you go to Amazon and you put in promotional code creeps, uh, we might, uh, you know, benefit from that. And if they ask no you. No way at all. If, but. <laughs> yeah. If it says, w- say again, that code doesn't exist, then maybe email in and be like, why doesn't it exist, Amazon? Why don't you need our partnership? But uh, on the computer, it sucks royally. Like, yeah. that's the only way I can take screenshots for uh, the Instagram. And it is like, some days it's a fucking nightmare where you can't, it'll, it'll just be frozen for like 15 minutes. And I'll just have to, I'll, I'll try again the next day. Well, I know so. um, by my Fire Stick, basically, so I could use the Criterion channel in a practical way, it changed <laughs> my life, you know. <laughs> I've lost a hundred pounds and uh, I'm no longer depressed wow. and uh, I can watch new Japan pro wrestling uh, with the touch of a finger. It's amazing. Did you say no longer depressed? Well, you must've misspoke. That's all lies. So right. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Huh? Oliver continues. Also oh, yeah. people have asked multiple times about physical media and I realized I haven't chimed in. I got mm. rid of most of my Blu-rays and DVDs a few years back, apart from stuff I thought would be hard to source, like New Zealand films, or stuff that I know I will watch a bunch more times. I don't have the space for maybe thirty. Yeah, I don't have the space for the maybe thirty discs I kept, so I chucked out all the cases and slapped those babies into a CD wallet. Does that disgust anyone, or do others do it? Ah, uh, um, boy, boy. What, I, I, what's I've, your opinion? Here? I, I've thought about this uh, approach. The like I've seen some people who have hit that wall of space. I mean, but these are people who have like thousands of movies, and uh, what they do is they put the discs into sleeves, like the CD wallet mentioned, and then they mm-hmm. take they, they actually keep the uh, paper slips and they put those into like another like cataloging system or, or whatever, and then they just throw out the plastic cases because at the end of the day, if you ever needed to like you changed your mind, you could track down cases easily enough. And those are pretty disposable though. I do, mm-hmm. uh, I do like those criterion clear cases. They're pretty swanky. 
swanky. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I'm pretty attached to my wall of, of movies. I like to mm-hmm. be able to just grab and stuff. But, man, there, there comes a point where uh, I've been watching some uh, movies that I haven't seen for years and putting in the DVD. And it's just like, God damn it. These things look like shit. Like the, 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 mm. the picture quality is so bad because the DVD is so old. But uh, but then you look online, you're like, oh, is there an HD version of this online? I could watch it. said, nope, not at all. So I don't think the video quality is old and shitty. I think that's you. My eyes or just <laughs> me as, as a man? Just in general. Okay. Um, no, I, I think I don't have that issue because I don't actually have that much stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, you would be pleased to know that Andrew thinks I should downsize all the, the few things that I do have. Well, that's, that, that's a... Uh, a thing I hear. You know what she told me the other day? She was like, uh, all the books you own, which I own many, uh, she was like, if you're not going to read them again, you should throw, you should donate them to like, or give them away or something. And I was like, whoa now, babe. What? It's like, what kind of broken ass mentality is that? So I yelled at her for a while and then, uh, you know, she cried and then I cried and, uh, you know, here we are. Mm hmm. Yep. You're getting married yep. soon. Yeah, that's true, actually. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been, uh, you know, uh, happy ever since. And it's a, it's a great way to stay in shape. Oliver finishes. As of today, Criterion has yet to announce Spine 1000. I, mm-hmm. I, for one, am hoping for the fabled Godzilla collection, at least the Showa-era ones. Cheers, creeps. Thank you, Oliver. Let's mm-hmm. continue on. Colin mm-hmm. Richards with an email entitled Wes Anderson. Who's Colin Richards? <laughs> Your favorite. Have they emailed? Do I ask every time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Colin. Okay, hey, keep going. Hey, hey, Greaves. Checking in after a few weeks. I'm currently listening to the Rushmore episode and had a good laugh when y'all were speculating Grand Budapest Hotel would be out in Criterion soon. Here we all are approaching Spine 1000, which should be a Godzilla set, and still mm. no Grand Budapest. It's true. Actually, the, I looked, and the, the last Wes Anderson movie to come out on uh, from Criterion was Moonrise Kingdom, and it was like Spine 776, I, I think with that one though, wasn't it like the year later? Like it was yeah. pretty. But there's been nothing. Yeah. Like there's been no Grand Budapest. Uh, mm. Isle of Dogs is out now, and I don't know. I'm not buying these because I know the Criterion's going to come out, and it's like I did that with Grand Budapest, and then wound up. Yeah. So I'm like waiting for it. But yeah, no, it's weird. It's overdone. It's overdue. So here we are. Hopefully. After his next movie, old Wes will have time to get in there and help them bang out Grand Budapest and Isle of Dogs. Hey, look at that. Listening to all the old mm. episodes has given me a lot of stuff to add to my watch list, and both your letterbox mm. lists have been a big help in exposing me to more obscure horror. Hopefully I'll catch up eventually. Keep those creeps coming. Thank you, Colin. Yeah, thank you, uh, new first-time, long-time, <laughs> I, uh, I only imagine. It's always nice to hear from new people. Um, uh, I wonder what he is on Letterboxd. Is it Colin Richards? Um, I don't know. Maybe tell us if you have a different moniker on here, and I'll look you up. I think I think I know who it is, but I won't. I want to throw it out there. You know, is it two cheese? (laughs) Okay, you can tell me off here. That's fine. All right. Next up, uh, Justin Peterson, Mm, friend of the show. Entitled a movie that offers a perfect combo of highbrow and lowbrow, just like your podcast. Butt crack. Hey, Jared and RJ. 
I'm oh. back from vacation now, and the time I spend refreshing Criterion.com so often was such a waste since they decided to not even announce Spine 1000 yet. What a yep. joke. So, while on vacation, I was limited to streaming services for my movie watching, so I did not get around to watching any more Creeps recommendations, but I did finally check out a movie that I have heard you all praise a couple times as I've listened to the first segments of your first full podcast back catalog in reverse order, which now has me listening to episode 96, which featured the Jacques Tati movies. So Ooh. enough build-up. I watched Creeps-approved Swiss Army Man, and I was Ooh, blown away. And not just by Daniel Radcliffe's massive farts. Much mm-hmm. like Fear and Loathing, this is a movie where people might get put off by the crazy surface-level elements, but if you stick with it, you may come to see how thoughtful of a movie this is with Hell rich yeah. themes and explore social taboos and Hell personal yeah. insecurities. I gave it a perfect score on Letterboxd, Ooh, and I would recommend baby. everyone check it out. A new yeah. section I wanted to start with my emails is the greatest of all time, a.k.a. GOAT question of the week. This mm. week, what would you say your GOAT Western is? I have shamefully not seen many of the great Westerns, but the two I would go with would be For a Few Dollars More and The Searchers, which I just saw this year. Uh, I'll jump to this. Finally, I was curious to hear more about how you guys watch movies. I recall Jarrett saying he recently got a 4K TV, but how big is it? And how do you have and do you have surround sound? Good, good question, Jarrett. How big is your TV? 55 inch, I think. Hmm. I grew up with my family having our big rear projection style TV and surround sound system. So I have always wanted to watch my movies loud and in the best way possible. I currently have a 40 inch 4K with 6.1 surround sound in my great room. And Mm -hmm. I also use a budget HD projector occasionally, which puts up a big picture on my wall, but only at DVD quality. Thanks guys and have a great show. Thank you, Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do not have a surround sound system yet. Um, now, that <gasps> now that I am in a, a house of my own, I will probably get around to doing that maybe this fall. When I actually Where'd do you live before? I, in a rental with people upstairs that would mm. have not probably appreciated uh, their house vibrating. Mm. But maybe you should have said fuck them and just did maybe, it anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've been settling with my uh, stereo sound out of my TV all these years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll get we'll get to that this fall though. I have to do my yeah. I got to do my research, you know. So uh, I have a few things to say, Jarrett. First okay. off, Swiss Army Man is an all time banger. That's a five star fare. I don't remember what episode I was talking on that, but uh, that, well, if he's going backwards, maybe it's the time work because I watched it before. You and I was like, I'm pretty yeah. sure you'll really like this movie, RJ, but you might hate it. And uh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you were unsure. I can't remember that movie's rules, like, though. It, it felt like a movie that you should love, but you mm-hmm. know, sometimes you're a wild card. I am a wild card sometimes. Do you want me to hit you with my westerns here? Yeah, these are wild what, what, card what, what, picks. You only get one. Okay, well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you. I'll give it to you like this. My fake answer would be the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay. Which, if I wanted to sound like highfalutin, uh-huh. my real answer is Maverick with Mel Gibson, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not kidding. I think Maverick is awesome. That movie is so good, uh, and I'm also seeing uh, also under the westerns label on Letterboxd is uh, Almost Heroes, the uh, fabled last mo- final film of Chris Farley. Uh, if that's considered a western, let's do that too. Um, yeah. unforg- what about you, Jared? Unforgiven. Yeah, Unforgiven's pretty great. Yep. What about the What do you think about uh Unforgiven or The Searchers? I would watch Unforgiven. Yeah. Nope. What about Unfor or what about Good the Bad and the Ugly or The Searchers? Hmm. I'd have to rewatch both. 
and uh, give you a more informed answer. Because actually, Searchers has been on my uh, to rewatch list for a very long time. Okay, the last one I'll say, Jared, is what about Chato's Land Oof. or the Indian Fighter from 1955? Chato's Land, baby. Chato's Land? Yeah, that or uh, Olzana's Raid. Chato's Land and uh, Olzana's yeah, Raid uh, and Chato's Land are uh, two peas in a pod of excellent, grimy, uh, like, westerns that are pretty well Vietnam allegories that are a whole What's lot of fun. What's an allegory? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to, What's a metaphor? I don't know. I'll, I'll check on YouTube comments. Okay, cool. Was there a, was there a third question? I don't uh, remember. That, that, was, that was it. It's just okay. uh, just a Swiss Army man. Maybe it's the mascot of our podcast. That's an all-time banger. I wish I could be a corpse of a farting corpse, Daniel Radcliffe. Well. Hell yeah. Keep trying. Next mm-hmm. up, we got George Holsheimer. <laughs> Oh, George Holsheimer. He's Georgie. back. Con- I, I know that guy. Countries in Europe and playing Atari. Ooh. Hello. <laughs> Some Lithuanian is very disappointed <laughs> that you had me confused with him. I'm actually from the Netherlands, the country known for the Vanishing and Verhoeven. I started using Letterboxd, and that stuff is pretty addicting. I could watch some good non-loggable TV show or this mediocre 90-minute movie to get a credit in for today. Choices. Talking about short movies, since it has been debated so often the last couple of weeks, I decided to put on butt crack. So, yeah, oh, that's, that's a movie. <laughs> I, they just keep coming, man. Butt crack is just hammering you're, you're, down. You're just winning them over. <laughs> one after one, and I love it. <laughs> then I skipped a bit through Action Maximus <laughs> on YouTube, but I decided to save that one for a later time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all good calls because I think, I don't know if we stressed enough, like, Buckcrack's not a good show, and Actia Maximus is something entirely different. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a movie or not. I'm just, you know, people were like, Justin was like, what should I watch? I was like, give those a fucking try. <laughs> See what you think of cinema after that. Yeah. Okay. And finally, so, a question uh, to shoot the discussion back to you. What's the best use of a song, no score, in a movie? Creep it up, George. Oof, best use of a use of a song, hmm. no score. So he means like an actual like song, song like a soundtrack. Well, song, yeah, not a not a piece okay. of music, I guess. The uh, honest, this is my what comes honest, to mind. What's your gut? Genu- uh, good vibrations in Vanilla Sky. Hmm. That's what I'm going with, man. <laughs> when he's running around, he's like tax support. It's a oh. nightmare. Yeah. Not that is that would not be my pick. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I didn't. I wouldn't oh, think it would be anybody. Well, you know pick. what? Okay, so we're, we're just kind of going off the cuff. Um, the mm-hmm. use of uh, oh god, the one Bob Dylan song uh, in Pat Garrett and Billy the. Uh, I've never seen that. Oh uh, god, damn! It's so but good. But you can talk about. It. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm skimming through my um, my top kind of movies here and seeing if there's anything that comes to mind where it's like, Ooh, yeah. I mean, big Lebowski has got tons of great pieces of music of like kind of pop music used in it. Um, blue velvet obviously has, uh, some good examples. Some good stuff. Yeah. Boogie nights. Yeah. There's like tons. There's tons. Oh, I don't know. It seems like those often kind of go, uh, not hand in hand every single time, but yeah, they, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some good ones out there. <laughs> some good picks. <laughs> Yo, you know what's another good one is um, in Dumb and Dumber uh, when he's like daydreaming about uh, the girl and that's uh, Flower Girl is playing. 
<laughs> that's always that's always actually left a, a big impression in my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are my answers. Good vibrations, Vanilla Sky. I think everyone should watch Vanilla Sky tonight. No. And if you don't, no. Then fuck you. No. So hey, Jared, I looked it up, and uh, the Netherlands uh, yeah. are yeah, it's uh, yeah, fourteen hundred kilometers from Lithuania. It's not, uh, that's it, pretty. It's relatively close. I mean, every, well, it would it would take you. Let's see. It would take you four hours to fly, mm-hmm. but it would. But to walk, it would take you 293 hours. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, like, 1,400 kilometers, like, that's not even Alberta, man. And you and me walk that shit, like, once a, a yeah. week. Canada's a big place. Uh, so, do we have a Lithuanian friend? <laughs> uh, do we? Let's see how far Lithuania is from, from Creepsville. <laughs> All right, I'm going to continue on. Okay. But, uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan and Pat Garrett and uh, Billy the Kid. Pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, okay. I like my answer better. Uh, it's not showing me how long it would walk or how long it would take to walk uh, or cycle. It's not even. It's not going to show me at all how oh, long shit. it is. What, if you, what if you took a boat? It, it just says, sorry, we could not calculate <laughs> uh, di- directions from Alberta to Lithuania. Bullshit. It's a bunch of horse shit if you ask me. Next up, RJ. Frank Solano, yeah. in there my defense. Uh-oh, what happened? Good afternoon, creeps and creepers. I hope this week has been filled with sunny skies and good food. It has mm. been brutally hot, uh, interspersed with downpours of water, and now tree-destroying nice. winds. Oh, yeah, I know all about that, <laughs> brother. First, the defense of my ratings of don't breathe and raw. <laughs> Don't breathe gets one star because this is a follow from last week for those the odd chance yeah. someone's not listening or listening for the very first time here. Uh, mm-hmm. Frank wanted us to give him the who hated this treatment. So right. he's coming back to us. Don't breathe gets one star because I didn't sympathize with the lead character. I think she deserved that whole situation. <laughs> wow. She deserved That's, it. Jeez. It's a real Jarrett take. <laughs> she broke into his house after all. It's true. Ooh, and I was just hoping she would just die. My desire for her demise led to my disregard for the suspense. So one star. What about the suspense of like him, like the, the dude getting her? I mean, I'd be like, yeah, get her. Get that bitch. You, you, would, you would say <laughs> what, Jared? I'm just uh, paraphrasing things I've read. Wow. Jared Duncan. Quote, and to be honest, Raw's rating probably won't hold up when I rewatch it. I showed both Raw and Hereditary to my younger brother, and he pointed out a few things that made me question my original reviews. Mm. It's funny because he doesn't like horror movies, but it's the only thing he agrees to watch other than Jackie Chan movies and Kung Fu Panda movies. As of right now, the only horror movie that he's liked is Martyr, surprisingly. Nice. Outstanding. As an yeah. older brother, it is my duty to show strange things to my younger siblings, much like RJ's case with his older brother. It's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I traumatized my brothers with things like The Grudge, I Am Legend, and Monster House as a kid. I am proud to say that some of his favorite films were the ones I showed him as well, so he's partially grateful and partially disgusted by my selection. So I'm wondering, do any other fans of the show have this type of sibling relationship? What movies were shared? 
A question for you guys, though. Mm. I've been wondering, what do you guys think about film festivals? It's virtually an untouched topic on the podcast. This is true, I think. Uh Personally, I was keeping up with Khan, and now my watch list is packed with upcoming films like uh, by Omnivar and Malik. Are there any films you're looking forward to? Uh, I mean, there's stuff I'm looking forward to, but the festival scene, I think, is a little pretty isolated from the film festival circuit like Sundance yeah. would be the Sundance would be like the closest I think I think it would be cl- mm-hmm. it would be a dry it would be a, a closer drive for us to go there than to like TIFF yeah. yeah exactly like we could get to Sundance before TIFF and yeah. I would I would definitely like to go and just see it one day but then at the same time I don't buy hype from festivals because I remember last year at TIFF I think uh it was David Gordon's Green uh David Gordon Green's Halloween and uh, Shane Black's The Predator, either that year or the year before, Whoa. those were like the like TIFF movies that people were like, is perfect score. Uh, is perfect score. Like I remember Jason <laughs> Blum was like showing how Halloween had like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes because of TIFF uh, critics. <laughs> and uh, so I, I don't I don't buy anyone's opinions that go to these things. I would like to attend one day, but anyone who goes there to like write reviews, nah. Yeah, and I think the nah. impression like – because like the, the Calgary is a joke, Vancouver yeah. is a joke, uh, Toronto's like the real one, and it's way the fuck over there. There's like uh, the yeah. one in Montreal, uh, Fanta something like that one. Too sweet, too sweet, Fanta too sweet. Uh, that one sounds mm-hmm. like that one actually is probably the one that would be the most interesting to me. But yeah, yeah other than that, like I don't know, it's it's a part of the film going experience i have not been able to participate in just because of lack of interest like I, maybe maybe it can be a patreon goal it'll be, send the creeps to a film festival well, i would only want to go if i was invited so oh make, as make, guest critics yeah, yes yeah yeah well, okay so if you with if, a booth. if if friends of the show put some pressure on con to get the the only real critics that matter to go to attend i would definitely be the guest of honor at con if they asked I mean, I would, I wouldn't go in a heartbeat, but I would definitely think about it. Finally, you know, one quick question: Is this still Frank? Yeah, yes, oh, okay. yes. If there's anything I'm looking forward to, or you're looking forward to, I, I don't know. No, nah, we don't look forward to stuff. Well, hey, We're what, old what, and what, grudge. What, that's right. Once, well, a, once upon a time in Hollywood's out this week, so that's cool. That's like, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go see that Joker movie in the fall. Yeah, but, that but, looks good. Yeah, that's a, I don't know if those come to mind, I guess. Finally, mm-hmm. one quick question. If one could survive out of four, who would it be and who gets erased from existence? <laughs> Erase Jarrett and uh, I survive. Ingmar Bergman, Akira mm-hmm. Kurosawa, Andre Tarkovsky, or Stanley Kubrick? Oh, Tarkovsky. Get rid of him. Fucking easy. Done. O- only one gets to survive, RJ. Oh, Tarkovsky. Get rid of him. Easy. Done. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, he's out. And who survives? Just Kubrick. Yeah. Yeah, just Kubrick. Yep. I mean, Bergman and Kurosawa are cool and stuff, but uh, Kubrick's the only one that's got those big, beefy balls just hanging out in he, every movie. He, he has a... I mean, that that uh, I've heard only really great things about his very first film, but, uh, I mean, his, uh, his streak and succinctness in his movies he did make later on mm-hmm. are uh, pretty pretty exemplary so yeah he'd be my pick too hell yeah baby hell yeah have a good week creeps Mm -hmm. thank you frank onward jackson action jackson actium jackson maximus with with the subject line assholes 
acid and announcements. Hey, creeps. Responding to the question from two weeks back, my first episode was for Andre Rublev. Oh, oh no. Andre Tarkovsky himself. I got through five, ten minutes before shutting it off as I grew frustrated with your opinions, which didn't align with my own. I came around later as your episode for Grand Illusion was the only thing about it I could find on YouTube. (laughs) Wow, that's a... We got the the market cornered. Mm -hmm. To respond to comments made about NWR in Jodorowsky's Dune, I found that he was not uh, as much as an asshole as usual. See his conversation with Friedkin. Ooh, I have not. I couldn't even imagine... Given Jarrett's recent venture into uh, New Hollywood, I guess uh, revisiting, uh, mm-hmm. what are both of your opinions on Easy Rider? Uh, uh, I've will, never seen Easy Rider. So he's never seen it, Easy. and I will be re-watching it. This will be the third time I've ever seen it pretty soon. Probably this uh, yeah. weekend. It's in that America Lost and Found Criterion box set, right? Yeah, 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 that. Yeah, yeah so I, I have that, but... Yeah. Uh, as I've mentioned, I don't watch Criterions anymore. So it it is. Um, my memories of it are, its heart is in the right place, but I don't know if it's like, I don't know. Tell me how you really feel. It's something I go back to really like. Not, I'm not excited about watching it. I'll be curious to watch it more than anything. But yeah, it's not like a oh man, this movie changed me, man. I think like, like if that was already happening, that's the movie that people point to. Yeah, I mean it's got a it's got a half of a book title named after it, so. Well, who yeah. who doesn't? And finally, given that Spine 1000 has probably been announced by now, it nope. hasn't. I will <laughs> say that if it's the Godzilla box set, that's stupid. <laughs> so it's it's funny now because we have a lot of people for the Godzilla box set and a lot of people against it. Or not even against it. But well, I, I don't think it's like so much. Unimp- they're not impressed. A, I, don't, I don't know if uh, Jackson's necessarily against it the set in principle but that it's like the big spine 1000 big deal that's your movie that's the 1000 so yeah oh and finally keep up the great work on the only audio program commenting on films mm -hmm. to ever exist jackson that's i mean that's 100 percent true we are the only audio content out there yep Uh, so it's nice to hear from jackson i also uh i think it's really nice that uh, we are basically the last resort for people yep. where it's like, and I've, I've seen this comment before where it's like, yeah, I don't really like their opinions or what they talk about, but they're there. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking know it, baby. We just, we play the long game and we're the only ones out there now. We're the only ones doing the Pepe Lomocos. And now you're listening to us. Absolutely. So that's nice to yeah. hear. Uh, yeah, Godzilla. Oh, so yeah, the Godzilla thing. Yeah. I mean, I, you and me have talked about how, how much we actually love Godzilla. I like so Godzilla, but it's at the cool. same time, it's like, I know for like, so if it's like a, it's, if it's, I mean, so what we're talking about is there's a, uh, there's a target like link to this Godzilla mm-hmm. show of box set. And you're like, well, obviously it's got to be criterion putting Things this thing suggest. out. But yeah. there's like, there's no uh, confirmation on this, but it's like inevitable. And someone's like, Oh man, this is it. This is the big one. But you're like, Oh, that's what they're spewing it all on. Huh? It's like fucking yeah. son of Godzilla. And uh, like well, some, and see, some of the, like some of those Godzilla movies, it's like they're, they're garbage. Like they're not good movies. They're very, they're nostalgia filled and fun movies, but they're not uh, mm-hmm. what I think people associate with the Criterion Collection. But as has been discussed on this podcast once in a while, is uh, what does it mean to be part of the Criterion Collection? Good point. Uh, I have my three criteria for the Criterion Do that you? I've mentioned before. Uh, I think I've mentioned Re- that. Well, right? You should reiterate it. 
okay, there's three three movies that get put into Criterions. There's movies that are uh, historically significant. There's movies that are culturally significant. And you might say, are those different? And yes, they are. There's movies that are historically significant. And then there's movies that have made cultural impact. And then the third is movies that shouldn't exist. And uh, that is actually has two subcategories. Shouldn't exist, like uh, let's say Beauty and the Beast, one of our first uh, all-time bangers, because that movie was filmed and like just after the war or just before, and all that film got bombed and there was like one left or whatever that crazy-ass story was. It's like that shouldn't exist. Uh, and then the other shouldn't exist are things like Salo, because it's a bad movie and it didn't <laughs> need to be made. So those are my three my three like things that... I, I think I, you could chalk any Criterion movie into is one of those three. That's how I see it. Yeah. Essentially, it's a way to sell movies. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like, that's like what it is. I yeah, mean, that too. sometimes they're more successful than other times. And they, uh, they're they chasing that buck to keep things afloat. And yeah. this like this set's going to sell well. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that Zadoui, like Samurais and Godzilla, Kaiju stuff like that. That's, that's what people want in other Japanese movies. I don't know. Yeah. Naked Island's not selling those units, folks. Yeah. You know what? Like when you showed me that little link where it's like, looks like the Showa era. I was like, why just the Showa? I would be if it was every fucking Godzilla movie. I'd be like, hell yeah, baby. Well, I'd I be mean, like, I own all these sla- movies, and uh, basically, actually, I'm missing two, and those mm-hmm. two are going to be in that set. So whatever, it'll be like you buy it when it's fifty percent off in October when uh, yeah. Criterion's website does their sale, or the, in Barnes and Noble sale the next month, and you get for fifty off. So it's like a hundred dollars for fifteen movies. It's not a bad deal. Anyways. Whatever, it's not Spine 1000. That, it wouldn't be my pick for uh, the, the the 1000, the Big Daddy. What would, your, what would your pick be? I think, I mean, Citizen Kane would be a, the the go-to. Yeah. Like, why not? If they can get it, get it. Um, but maybe they're what, still... What about Butt Crack? No. Um, though, well, we'll talk about <laughs> Just some Just a, a soft There's no. Some, yeah, no. No. Okay. No, RJ. That's fine, no, man. No, RJ. That's but, fine, whatever. Anyways. Thanks, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Finally... Sam Sanchez. Ooh, friend of the show. Hey, guys. Another late email this week. Last week, with the mention of Caliber 9, it got me mm-hmm. thinking of movies with alternate titles that you guys either use the alternate title or at times foreign title more often than the more commonly known title. I still refer to Caliber 9 as Milano Calibro 9, as that was the Raro video DVD I bought like 13 years ago. I'm sure there's more. Like, I know I still call Cemetery Men De La Mort De La Mort, but I think that's still fairly common. Um, yeah, I think I remember it mostly ever only being called Cemetery Man, then aka Delamore Delamore, and Caliber 9. I call it that because that's what it's called in the Raro Blu ray set that I got yeah, a few years ago. Mm. Uh, and also, uh, we'll occasionally refer to high tension as hot tension for some weird reason. <laughs> hot tension. Well, I mean, some people think that movie is pretty hot. Hey, I call that movie. Uh, that movie, is, that movie is pretty awesome until no. the last. Oh, it is. That whole movie sucks ass. You're, that movie is not good. I don't know why everyone likes that thing. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> uh, and I feel like a lot of people, like in, in uh, years and years, Jared, <laughs> in 40 years, people will be listening to these as we are the only collection, uh, audio file collection. And uh, people are going to be like, wow, he was so right. Look at all of his awesome opinions. The last 15 minutes of that movie are really stupid. But the the ride, yeah. getting there is fantastic. It's all dumb. 
Oh, it's good times. Also, Jared going over a lot of Golden Age 70s movies. See a lot of attention on this. I'm curious, mm. what is each of your favorite era or decade of movies? Personally, my favorite stretch of years would likely be from the 50s to the 70s. That's quite a stretch. But if it's that it's too wide of a stretch, I think it is. I'd either have to go with 50s or 70s. Letterbox says 1950s is my favorite, but that's likely that I haven't seen a lot of the crap from that decade like I have from the 70s. This is uh, um, probably true. Well, my letterbox for high, highest rated goes 40s, 50s, 60s. Okay. So I don't know whatever that tells you. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check mine. And finally, speaking of letterbox, was curious about some minutia I think about when logging a movie. If you start a movie, let's say a little before midnight and finish it around 1 a.m., mm. what day do you log it for? The day, the day I day start you it. started it? The day it finished? Do you give a shit? My rule, if I watch it before I go to bed, I usually log it for the prior day, even if I were to start it mm -hmm. after midnight. I know I had another comment question, but maybe it'll come back to me for next week. Keep it up, guys. Uh, I think even if, I would say if you even started a movie at fucking 12.30 or 1 a.m., I would still count it as the day before. Um, Is that controversial? Um, I don't give a shit. It does. It it it's, uh, <laughs> doesn't matter too, too much. I generally, I have a weird sense of, time when i look look back at loggings of my movies i will go back and go oh i remember watching that it was like really late at night yeah i probably yeah. I technically like i don't know i have weird sense memory of stuff like that like i completely you don't do? remember it yeah and then i read then i'll read the data of it and be like oh that's when i logged it but i know i watched it at night so i probably did that thing like lately i've been starting movies at 11 30 and not finishing them till like one so i usually log them for the next day because the bulk of the movie fell in the uh the other part. <laughs> what is your bulk I'm a, usually fall? My bulk? Well, my bulk, yeah. apparently, my highest rated decades, 1950s, followed by the 1920s, followed mm. by the 1960s, and I'm pretty sure it would be the 1970s after that. But I also watch a lot of 1970s movies, and so I feel like mm. I've watched a lot more of like the middling stuff, which has brought down the overall... Um, score but i'd say like 70s would be mine if i was to pick like my favorite era that's like i, I go back because i was watching a movie from the 70s because I, I i really enjoy the feel of it mm -hmm. i meant a different kind of bulk well that's my bulk oh okay as long as you acknowledge it front belly well whatever you choose to to say yeah i don't know man like i think night if you start it before midnight you go over even if i started it at after midnight, I would still count it for like the day's not over until you go to sleep. I mean, if we're talking like five, six a.m., then that's a little different. But you I, know, I got some real talk for some folks who've got that oh, who've got shit. that letterbox, and I'm assuming that pretty well everyone that listens to this probably does. Mm -hmm. um, when you go when when you're pro and you get all those pro statistics stats. that break down the stats when you go through mm -hmm. it does it ever like give you a little bug in your ass that you're like oh my imd imdb top 250 uh rating it's only at 88 percent the one that's only. the one that's bothering me right now is the oscar best picture winners 99 percent only one to go because i still haven't seen green book uh, why haven't you watched green book dude i'm waiting for it to show up where it's easily watchable for no money at all that stuff doesn't bother me at all because almost oh, every one of mine you know is what, mold. Okay, you know what pains me though, RJ? Who what? are the two are the two filmmakers who get their big film recommendations oh, charged? Who's horseshit. that, RJ? Edgar it's Wright? Such horseshit. Guillermo del Toro? Who uh, fucking cares? They're the true Cinemax experience. 
you you know who I'd way rather prefer to get their like uh their watch list of is like Jim David Winorski. Lynch. Yeah, Jim Winorski. <laughs> Fuck yeah, see where his like profiles are. But actually though, not even kidding. What like Quentin Tarantino. Wow, I think his one thousand so favorites would yeah, I think that would be better though. There's so many of those lists. It's just like it's funny that it's cause I guess Edgar Wright codified it because he had it on Mubi or whatever. Oh yeah, but he's such and, an asshole and about Gar- it. Garamol just posts Ooh. his shit on Twitter. Oh, it's alpha. It's alphabetical, or it's I chronological. And, I, and I somehow, I somehow doubt that either one of them have butt crack on it. Which I mean, what a travesty! Am I right? Well, that just goes to show you how one thousand and one movies to see are. before you die. I've seen sixty six percent. I've seen thirty six percent. Oh, there you go, kid. What's your box office mojo all time one hundred at? My, though? my worst at forty three yeah. percent. See, you suck. Yeah, it's my worst. And I'm terrific. At one point, I was almost at uh, 50, and now it's dropped mm. because uh, the movies I've seen, the movies are just making too much money. Yeah, I've been there, man. And, uh, I make a lot of money, too, in my movies. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. See, pointless life, you know. Who's your most watched director? Who, me? Yeah. David Lynch at 21 Films. That's it? For yeah. you? Good yeah. God. See right, so who's what, yours? Some asshole. Jess Franco, forty films. Oh, yeah, there you go. I got Chuck Jones, but like that's like animation. That's not really count. Woody Allen, thirty-one. Holy mm. crap! Werner Herzog, twenty-eight. Marty, twenty-seven. Okay. I'm not even looking at yours, but I could. I would bet any money that you and me both have the same top actor. Mel Blanc. Fuck. Sam Jackson. Yeah, Sam Jackson's over two. Is he your second? Yeah. Follow, yeah, you, know, you, know, you know who is tied with Samuel Jackson? Bruce Willis? Charles Bronson. Chuck, Pretty good. The catfish himself. Maybe you should watch some Chuck movies to uh, bump him over Sammy J. Oh, man. I'm, like, getting down to the nitty-gritty. I, I yeah. Think, I, I haven't even seen, like, most of the like Marvel movies he's in. Oh, so many movies I think that dude's in. the biggest takeaway here is in my top five, I have John Goodman and Mel Gibson. So well, in my, I'm doing um, pretty good. What do I got here? Ooh, John C. Riley, he cracks the top 10. He's tied with Ed Harris and Clint Eastwood. Ed Harris? Yep. It's wild. That is wild. Uh, and then I got tied for third, I guess, technically, because Mel Blanc, again, animation voice mm. actor. So tied for second, Willem Dafoe and Christopher Lee. Who would you say is hotter, Willem Dafoe or Christopher Lee? Man, I don't know, man. The way you you, you got to pick one. Willem Dafoe. Okay. Okay. Willem Dafoe okay. in Grand Budapest or Willem Dafoe in uh, what's that Nosferatu movie? Is that Sh- him? Shadow of the Vampire. Yeah. Which one? Mm-hmm. I'll get back to you next week. Okay. okay. Hey, hey, RJ. Yes. What have you been creeping on this week? Oh, Jarrett, you want to hear about some fucking stuff? Some interesting stuff? I would uh, love I actually, to. Yeah. Yeah, well, you want to hear about something bad? So I was just, I won't even talk about this very long, but I was like on Shutter, and I've been really busy this week, so I didn't have a ton of time for movies. But I saw that they had a shorts section, and I was like, all right, all right, Shutter. Shutter, all right. I'll check out one of your shorts. Uh, I they're all like twenty minutes long, and I think I uh, I I pulled a card from the uh, the shit end of the deck. Uh, I watched this thing called "We Always Find Ourselves in the, the Sea." Shit end of the deck. You ever heard about that? That sounds like a really uh, 
bad 90s parody horror movie shit end of the deck well it could be if you uh write if you write the thing i'll film it Shit end of the deck. So we always find ourselves in the sea. It is the poster describes it as a Christmas ghost story. It's it's a piece. It's like some guy's like final film for film school or something. Uh, it looks okay, but I think that's the cameras. I don't think that's him because sometimes his movements aren't very good. Right, they're a little too fast. Like the frame rate is sped up, and it doesn't. That doesn't look good. But an old guy who has regret, and then he finds a ghost in the ocean. Who fucking cares? Do you know what I mean, Jarrett? <laughs> Who fucking gives a shit? Uh, so anyways, uh, I don't think I'll be watching any more of these Shutter shorts, uh, mm-hmm. except maybe in Halloween when I, I need to bump up my numbers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I should have saved this for then, but, you, you know. When you need to juke the stats. Juke the stats. <sighs> well, talking about juking the stats, I have a controversial addition to the letterbox here. Maybe not co- as controversial as others, but. Was uh, it a TV show? Yes, it was. No. But it's vloggable on Letterbox. Wow. And this one, at least, shouldn't have more than one season, unlike Big Little Lies, which is currently in its second season, and people still log it every Sunday or when ha- they watch... Haunting on House Hill? Yeah, shit like that. Or Hill House, whatever the fuck. So where, what are the rules, Jarrett? What is allowed on Letterboxd? Hmm, whatever we want. Whatever you want. So here's my uh, eight-hour movie called Sharp Objects from a uh, hit writer of gone girl jillian flynn i you know oh you know there's one day i was uh, on my big old walk around town and mm-hmm. i saw someone had just like abandoned some of her books uh on their front lawn <laughs> like on the boulevard nice. there's i saw a pile and i was like oh gone girl i oh she wrote those and then i went yeah i don't want those <laughs> I just kept yeah. walking so like i think uh i don't know if we've ever gone girl is pre-podcast days i like gone girl quite a bit I mean, it's David Fincher, but like also Jillian Flynn, I do like, I think she is a good writer. Like she's, she's really good at it. But Gone Girl is also a book that I almost stopped uh, halfway through because I was like, this stinks. But it was because it was like building. I was like, I I thought I knew what was going to happen. And then it like, and then you get the like turn and I was like, "Mm." it's like, all right, I'll see what happens next. But uh, I actually do think Jillian Flynn's a pretty good writer. And Sharp Objects is her second book. There's also that, uh, f- or first book. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, there's also that other one, Dark Places, with a uh, movie with Charlize Theron, which is supposed to be total shit. So uh, this thing's from HBO, Jarrett. Remember him? Yeah. Horace. Yeah. Horace. Uh, it's actually directed by that guy who did uh, Dallas Buyers Club and Wild. Uh... Yeah, so this thing's eight eight hour long episodes. It's actually pretty good. I liked it, Jared. Wow. Do you know about Sharp Objects? Nope. It's actually pretty nice filmmaking, man. So the guy from Dallas Bosch Club, uh, he uh, he has some fun with editing. Uh, I actually think so. It's about Amy Adams. She's a journalist. She's got some like Lois Lane issues. She is kind of like Lois Lane. Does Lois Lane self harm? Uh, not that they talk about. See, their DC is not appealing to those uh, crowds Zach, anymore. Zack Snyder's not doing it. Not doing it. Uh, so that's Amy Adams in this. And uh, she got away from this like Georgian town where her mom was. Uh, she, I, th- I think she describes it as old money, uh, but trash people. So they're like really rich family, but they're like really shitty. 
and her mom's super abusive and manipulative. And she goes back to her old town because there's a bunch of missing girls. Uh, and she's a journalist now. And then the girls' bodies start showing up. And uh, there's actually one, like, super... So this is actually, Jared, this is like a horror thriller thing. So it fits in with the your pastiche. Um, uh, there's actually one, like, super haunting image it's like when they find one of the bodies and it's like this girl like kind of stuffed into this window and her arms are like hunched over and all her teeth are ripped out Mm -hmm. and it actually like it it looks really good uh i was i was surprised i was like because usually when you see like tv or movie dead bodies you're like whatever but uh, this thing i was like ooh, i was like that looks good you know when you see a dead body and you're like ooh, that looks good um, but this thing, Jared, is a ghost story and it's also, well, act, not, I should, wait, I shouldn't say that. It is a metaphorical ghost story, Jared, because it's all about memory and things like that. Oh. But it's, it's actually done really well. I like the way he it's does a RJ movie. Yes, it is. Uh, he, uh, he, he cuts, he cuts the stuff in just as it's happening. So she'll be like doing stuff and then it'll cut to like a memory that she has. And when you, when you first watch it, you're kind of like, it'll cut to something and then it'll cut back right away. And you're like, Hmm, I wonder if that was a memory or something, but then he, they do it again and again. And you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but it actually kind of builds. They, these things build off of each other and it, it makes a, makes for a nice little, uh, entertaining show. Jared. It's a good show. It's a good show, Jarrett. How do you feel about men masturbating? I feel okay. You get that in this show. Do you know mm-hmm. Danny Castellano? Yeah. Chris Messina, uh, Zaz in the upcoming Birds of Prey DC Comics Ooh. movie. You see this dude masturbating full on. Jacking it. Yeah, full on. It is a straight shot of his whole body. Cool. Do I have your attention now, Jarrett? You always did. Oh, actually, so I remember what I want to talk about. Anyway, Sharp Objects is good. Uh, I liked it. I, I see some people are probably like, uh, it's it's just got that, like, it's got, like, surprise ending. Like, I, I don't know. I liked it. I don't know. But the thing I wanted to talk to you about is this connection to Hereditary, which I find strikingly similar. So I looked it up. Sharp Objects started june last year and heredity came out june last year but these things both have like little miniature dollhouses of the house themselves uh it it becomes a plot point and then they like comes back later in this thing uh this thing also has that ari aster this is a little bit of a spoiler but like not really this one has like munchausen stuff too where like parents are uh, like poisoning their kids which ari aster did also and there's like all these little things i was like uh, there's scenes where uh, girls are wearing like white dresses with these like floral crowns, and I was like, man, it's like there's a lot of overlap between this thing and uh, Hereditary. Strange, but this is this a, is better this than is also Hereditary, based though. on a book that existed it, before Hereditary. Absolutely, I mean this this just it came out in the same month as Hereditary, the TV show. But yeah, yeah the book I think the book came out like a good few years earlier. Uh, I don't know, but I, I was just, I was just saying, you know, Jared, there's uh, some connections there, bud. Do you watch any movies, RJ? That was my movie. Oh, well, Jared, I watched a short film and then this is, 
It's loggable on letterboxed. <laughs> so it means it's a movie. And also it's it's honestly it's kind of like four movies because it's eight hours long. <laughs> Is it not sure. kind of like four movies? Sure, pal. Sure. Uh, the book came out in 2006. So yeah, 12 years before. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, I'm counting it as a movie. You can log it on Letterboxd. I don't... Uh, whatever. If uh, if you got a problem with that, talk to Letterboxd. They're the ones who uh, have it on there. You can talk to my lawyer. And uh, that shit short that I watched too, that's on Letterboxd also. So <laughs> call those guys if you got a problem. You know what I mean? Well, RJ... Yes, did I, you watch any movies? Yeah, I had to do some heavy lifting, I guess. Why? I just talked about movies for like 20 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, I watched, continuing on with new Hollywood stuff, I watched The Trip, starring Peter Fonda, directed by Roger Corman. Who? The big chinchilada of schlock movies. This is one of his schlock movies, The Trip. Peter Fonda really? takes some L. SD with Bruce huh? Bruce Dern when supposedly watching over him. We got Dennis Hopper show up in this. It's got everybody. It's got all those dudes. Bruce Dern. Yeah. Holy rock, fuck. Rock, He's a Criterion rock, alumni. Rocking a turtleneck. Ooh, is it nice though? Uh this movie was written, I believe, by Jack Nicholson as well. So it's got all the scenester cats. Damn. P- Peter Fonda, he does some uh, that LSD. He trips balls. And uh, so maybe for the first half hour, I was like, this movie's awesome. And then it keeps going and going. And there's just these contrived flashbacks where he's like (laughs) running from men on horseback in like a medieval setting. And uh, I don't know. It just washes over you. And there's like some like, you know, like inky water dripped into water and it like floods out. It's very psychedelic. Um, mm. supposedly Roger Corman, uh, was trying to make a movie that replicating his time. He, he did those drugs and he got high and, uh, obviously taking, cause he's a, what is he in this? Peter Fonda plays a like commercial filmmaker and, you know, he gets, goes on a journey, you know? And then what do they do? I don't know. Makes, you get, you get flashbacks to like his wife and why he's like split up from her or divorced and. All, mm-hmm. all that, what have you. Yeah. But well. There's some like real fake ass uh, guitar playing in this. What do you mean by fake? Like, like there's comp- a guy and he's like strumming this guitar, but he's not playing anything. It's just like music that's played over top, but it's like oh. real fake. <laughs> like he's like not even like, like his hands, like not even like doing anything. Oh, maybe I, maybe I'm not a musician and I don't know what these things look like. But to me, I was like, whoa, that, that's like, yeah, maybe it is you, Jarrett. Because there's a lot of times you say stuff and I'm just like, I don't know if Jarrett's right or not. You know, <laughs> well, since uh, you haven't seen this movie, you're just going to have to believe me. No, I can go with my answer. And then I watched Cool Hand Luke. <gasps> cool Hand Luke. How many eggs did he eat? Uh, 50. 50? Yeah. How many how many eggs do you think you could eat? Well, I usually eat about two a day. That's that does me well. Usually two a day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Depending, but if I have like uh, something with egg in it in the evening, it, it bumped that right up. But uh, hmm. could I eat fifty in a single hour? Hmm. Could you? No. 
Nor would I want to. So this movie's got your one of your favorite musicians, George Kennedy. Oh, George Kennedy. Yeah. I do like George Kennedy. He's got good funk songs. Yeah. So he's in this. Do you know? Uh, it's got Harry Dean Stanton. It's got Den- uh, Dennis Hopper. Uh, yeah, it's it's all it's, the dead guys, all these dudes, all these men that oh, mm-hmm. I think George Kennedy's still going. Who George Kennedy? Is he really alive? I'm pretty sure we confirmed this. Not for long. Uh oh. <laughs> That's not he's, a he's, threat he's, or anything. I'm just saying. Anytime someone, we'll get there. But you we'll, know, we'll, we'll I just for there. my own safety I have to say, no. I uh, I have no ill will against George Kennedy or his terrific music. So I think Cool Hand Luke should definitely be in that Criterion collection. But it's not yeah. yet because, yeah, I don't know. Mm. It's a, as RJ would say, it's a good show. It's a good, it's it's a good show. Good, good flick. Hey, you know what's a good show, Jarrett? That uh, Sharp Objects there by uh, Gillian <laughs> Flynn. Ugh. It's a uh, good uh, good show, Derry. You're, you're just blowing out all the levels. You're such a loud, huh? loud man. Am I? Andrea says I'm really loud too, but um, <laughs> what do you guys know? But you've seen Cool Hand Luke, right? Oh, hell yeah, baby. I know all about them, Max. Yeah, how, how do you like those uh, Christ-like images, those those allegories? I mean, if anyone's going to look like Christ, it could be Cool Hand Luke. Oh, Paul He's Newman. He's a cool dude. Yeah, but isn't Paul Newman, wasn't he like an asshole or something? What? I'm pretty sure he's like regarded as one of the nicest guys around. Who am I thinking of? Salad dressing. He's got that salad dressing. No, I know about that. Proceeds um, go to cancer. It's like pretty, pretty... Oh, no, who's the guy in Bullet? Steve McQueen? Yeah. Isn't Steve McQueen an asshole? I don't know. He's dead. So fuck him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. All right, sure. Yeah. I, cool. I, I've talked about Steve McQueen before. I, I think that guy couldn't act worth a shit, but. Yeah, he's not great. He's, uh, is I don't it, know. Did you know Steve McQueen is in uh, that uh, new Quentin Tarantino movie? Oh, is he? Well, they're an actor playing Steve oh, McQueen, I, Jared. Oh, jeez. Wow. Why are you talking? You see- Stop that. You see how all these people are other people. Oh, wave. Um, you did this. Uh, no, you did this. Then I watched Bonnie and Clyde. Another. Uh, how was that? Ah, uh, it's a rewatch of that movie. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it's got Gene Hackman, who's a fantastic man. Sure. But he's like kind of just in this movie. We've got another Warren Beatty. It's directed by Arthur Penn, who you know, also shot that Mickey one. And uh, the chase, but so this was his follow up. This is a movie that's like more, I think, well regarded than I think it's ever should be. It because yeah. it, it, it feels like a exploitation movie, and if uh, like that's where I was watching it the whole time, like the the use of like kind of like that the mm. rural strings, the uh, old guitar kind of like noodling. Little, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Well, but more like fast paced because of car chases. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of re- re- lot, lots of rear projection in cars, lots. <laughs> Whereas, mm-hmm. like by this point, like even this year, there's like movies that are like, oh, hey, this is like shot in the car, like the car is actually moving with people in it. This is groundbreaking stuff. Bonnie and Clyde, nah, let's do a rear projection because it's old timey because we're referencing gangster movies, but it doesn't quite fit quite right. Uh, Faye Dunaway mm-hmm. is stunning. A, 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 a fetching specimen, RJ. Ew. <laughs> Ugh. What are your thoughts? I don't want to... What are your thoughts on uh, Faye Dunaway? Faye Dunaway? Yeah. Faye Dunaway? Isn't she kind of like... Isn't she a little out there? Is, is that Did she do some is, weird is, stuff? 
I don't know, RJ. Uh, you'll have to ask your dad. You can get his thoughts yeah, on was it. Yeah, wasn't she, like, uh, against uh, beef for a long time? Or was that... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What, do you, I just imagine oh, I'm going to say, like, you know, I just imagine at the, uh, at the auction house, do you have this, like, picture of Faye Dunaway with, like, darts on her... Like, on the dark I mean, board. at one point there might have been. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jared, do you eat beef? Not a lot of it. But you do? From time to time. So are you pro Faye Dunaway or con Faye Dunaway? Um, I am pro watching movies that she appears in them. Though I watched one last week that was pretty That's shitty. What was that? Oh, I can't remember the title of it. So it was Shit a, house? It was a dumb one. I didn't even know if I talked about it last week. It was so boring. What was that thing we said about the ship deck? Was it that? Yeah. That's mm. it. Bunny Clyde is, I don't know. It's okay. It's uh, worth watching, I guess. There's like little traces of like the French New Wave stuff in it, but barely. Just barely. There's some really nice naturalistic photography, but nah, even then, it's pushing it. It's pushing mm. it. But Well, I'm not going to watch it. They, well, one day you might. One day you might be. Probably not. It's going to be in the collection one day. I, I guarantee it. I'm not going to be alive by the time that, that happens. I, well, that has nothing to do with me. That's between you and God. Yeah, I know. I talked to him. I'm yeah. telling you. He that's not going to happen. He might strike you down. So uh, I also watched The Pawnbroker, which wound up kicking off this theme of movies by accident. Not only are these all uh, examples of new Hollywood, but these are all movies that uh, were scored by Quincy Jones. The Quincy Jones? The Quincy Jones. Yeah, he scored this movie called The Pawnbroker. He also uh, scored In the Heat of the Night and mm. In Cold Blood. I'm not going to talk about In the Heat of the Night or In Cold Blood too too much because those are indeed future Criterion creeps. That Truman Capote's In Cold Blood? Yep. I got to tell you, uh, my probably my most hated um, like saying ever is In Cold Blood. I fucking can't stand that. He killed him in cold blood i find it's it's almost as bad as i didn't sign up for this i hate it so much what about i'm getting too old for this shit that's fine that one's got to pass <laughs> i see i decide what is good and what is bad jared mm -hmm. i am the one who knocks see what i mean that's a clever reference to a, a popular tv show that uh, fans might know about hmm Mm -hmm. So I watched The Pawnbroker. And? Uh, it's a movie starring Rod Steiger, who's also in The Heat of the Night. Uh, mm -hmm. He plays an old Jewish pawnbroker in uh, grim New York City. He is a man who's like, I don't know, life and soul have just been kind of taken out of him. He is a survivor of Auschwitz. So he doesn't have the rosiest outlook on life. Uh, the movie's mm. punctuated with some very, like, depressing uh, tales, <laughs> some, like, f uh, flashbacks to his experiences. Tales of interest? Yeah, tales of interest of seeing things happening in uh, the camp, including mm -hmm. to his wife and to friends. And, uh, yeah, you just could experience his life of just being uh, broken and uh, a man who only cares about money. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, his, like, kind of breakdown over the course of, like, a week, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, pretty grim stuff. Uh, beautifully photographed. Um, it's got, again, I'm not going to get too much into that Quincy Jones score, but it's very jazzy. 
And I always, I think about jazz and I think about RJ listening to movies with jazzy scores. Is that how you, uh, it's like, okay, it's like I said, I just feel like everyone rips off Seinfeld. That's the only thing I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even movies that came before Seinfeld, they ripped it off too. Right. Because this movie was uh, allegedly before, correct? Allegedly. Nice. Uh, in the heat of the night, that's a good show. Enemy of the night. In the heat of the night, is uh, that Mr. Tibbs? Yep. You call me, Miss. You you ever see that uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm when Larry David's having sex and he's like, "Call me Mr. Tibbs." Do you remember Sidney Poitier? Uh, yeah, director of uh, Ghost Dad. Yep, and several other Bill Cosby movies. His good close personal friend Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you what are you gonna do? I mean, sometimes you think you got a good friend, and then one day they turn out to be a rapist. Like I don't know if he knew. I don't know. Can't fault Sydney Poitier for that. Mm-hmm. I watched Who's That Knocking at My Door. Who was it? Uh, Martin Scorsese in his first film, uh, starring Harvey Keitel. This mm-hmm. movie is not very good, RJ. There's a lot of no? Scorsese on display mm. there. There's a lot of like things that he's working through, but boy, oh boy, is this uninteresting. What kind of Scorsese? Uh, there's like use of uh, pop music and kind of these like experiments with like crossfades with people talking, moving, moving uh, cameras. Harvey Keitel. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, but like even like kind of like the mafia stuff and Catholic guilt mm-hmm. and like the, the weirdness of men when it comes to women, something I know you know a lot about. But uh, yeah, this movie, it's not, it's not so good. It's not so Not, not one not, of your movies? No, he gets better, uh, which is good. But I mean, mm. our good close personal friend, Roger Ebert, he apparently sung the praises of this movie when it came out. And uh, really was like kind of like instrumental in like encouraging Scorsese to keep making movies. So there's that. But yeah, this thing mm. is like just not interesting. It's so it's um, he basically it's he called together a bunch of footage from like sh- sh- student films, and then he like shot some more stuff and kept adding it and adding to it, and then eventually compiled this one movie. But it is just like not not even worth going out of your time to watch unless you are a Scorsese completist, in my opinion. I, I didn't get Are it. you? No. <laughs> it turns out I'm not. But he's, Marty's not like, a, he's not a, he's got some hits and misses. Mm. There's, there's like half his movies are absolutely amazing and the other half. <laughs> like, what are, what are the other half? The other half? Uh, stuff like yeah. The Last Waltz. Uh, Problem. I mean, I've never seen New York, New York, but I have no interest in seeing New York, New York. Age of Innocence. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so great. Mm, I don't know. Mm. Hugo. I mean, outside of like some Hugo's like George Mealy's, it's not special though. It's um, not bad. Shutter- what about Shark Tale? <laughs> Shutter Island. Shutter Island's okay. Did he direct Shark Tale? No, he just talks in it. Oh. I don't know. That's what that was. Yeah. Okay. I watched. I, gra- I watched The Graduate. I was s- it sexy? Mmm. Mmm, baby. Dustin Hoffman, oh, all Oof. night long. Oof. It's like, if you had to pick a sex symbol, would it be Dustin Hoffman? <laughs> or Al Pacino? Or would it be, uh, yeah, but current day Al Pacino. Well, what about current day Dustin Hoffman? No. Hmm. No. 
yeah. No, I like that graduate. And one day when mm-hmm. we hit spine 700, we will, <sighs> I think it's 700. It's way up there. That's a, uh, that's spine, a bit or, of a or, time from now. 800? Maybe it's 800. Oh, it's a long time from now. We're not mm-hmm. even at 200. But we'll, I'll, we'll revisit it together. Cause have you not even, seen, even. You haven't seen that movie, right? Uh, what the graduate? Yeah, I mean, I've seen bits of it when I was a kid, but I would, I would oh, never claim to have watched no. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other, yeah, the other Criterion Future Creep in the Cold Blood, just mm. like an unbelievably well shot movie. Did Conrad, you say in the Cold Blood? In the Cold Bloods. Oh, yeah. That uh, oh. yeah, looks amazing. But yeah, I watched uh, Two for the Road, which is a movie with Albert Finney and. Um, Audrey Hepburn. Some mm-hmm. people seem to really like this movie a lot. What I, are those people's deal? I don't know. Sam Sanchez is one of those people. He really liked this movie, apparently. I like. I fucking hated it. I th- this movie sucked. Mm. But I have this like I don't know. Sixties Albert Finney, not my speed. I like in the stuff that he was in, the way these movies were shot, the look of them, the color. It just mm-hmm. like I've seen a lot of people compare it to like the uh, before trilogy, the Richard Linklater movies. But man, I like nothing. This is supposed to be a comedy, but oh, not funny, not charming. I thought this was painful. And then I followed this up with mm-hmm. uh, another movie that was like a, a real snoozer called uh, Rochelle Rochelle, directed by Paul Newman, his first film. Because I didn't even know that he directed movies, but he did. And maybe this is why no one talks about that. Uh, it actually reminded me of that uh, Goodbye Miss Winecroft movie, but that movie mm-hmm. had a little bit of bite and an edge. This is just like. Nothing. Do you have a bite and an edge? I'd like to think so. Hey, you know what you should have watched instead of Rochelle Rochelle? Karina Karina ah, starring yeah. Ray Liotta. There you go. That's a good show. Have you ever seen Karina Karina? No, RJ. It's got my girl Whoopi in it. Yeah, I bet. It's good. It's about like love, but also about um like r- racial dynamics. Whoa. <laughs> well, I mean, because like... Ray Liotta and Whoopi Goldberg, they they kind of have a thing, but it's like not really allowed. Is that like Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson had a thing? Did they have a thing? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Are, are they still dating? And then Ted Danson came out in blackface. <laughs> you know. Oh right, I do remember. Yeah. Do you think Ted Danson regrets that, or do you think he's like whatever? <laughs> uh, I don't Should know. Should we ask him? One of our fans can email at, him. You can at him. <laughs> Dear Ted Danson. What did you no, do? Asked, do you have any regrets? Do you have any regrets? And if it's anything other than this, <laughs> no, you just leave well, it like that. What would it be? Okay. Uh, so I, yeah, for like non 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 future Criterion movies that I watched this week, um, other than the Pawnbroker, another movie I did watch, which is all like Jobs, Pawnbroker, and this one, The Landlord. See, I don't even need to watch movies just because you're you're on such a tirade right now. If I watch movies too, mm-hmm. you don't though. If I did, but you don't. We would we would be talking for days. The landlord starring <laughs> Bow Bridges, the Lesser Bridge. Bow Bridges. Yeah, exactly. So Bow Bridges, mm. he plays a a white guy who a buy, white guy a white guy. Jeez, dude. He buys a tenement kind of house building that he's going to flip. Uh-huh. He's going to flip it. And he's going to live in it, and he's going to make all that rental money. It's in the ghetto. And there's a whole mm-hmm. lot of black people that live in it, and he's going to learn about like the another experience. That's not mm. everything that he thought it was going to be about. It's kind of like this podcast. Yep. This Just, isn't at all what you promised. 
Mm-hmm. So that's it's a Hal Ashby who directed this. He also he goes on to I direct like Hal uh, Ashby. that. No, you don't. Don't lie. I do. Don't the lie. Last Detail. Ooh, baby. Harold and Maude is fine, but uh, I do like The Last Detail. Yeah. See, you you thought I had no idea well, who Hal Ashby was. Oh, I know you, you did. But, didn't uh, you? But about being there, how do you feel about being being there or coming I home? I like being there. Yeah. Uh, being there is pretty good. Coming home's okay. See, I know movies, Jerry. What about shampoo. Uh, I have not seen Shampoo. That's got Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. Uh, I like the last detail the most. Have you seen the poster uh, for The Landlord? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, it looks like breasts. Yes. Oh, how Ashby was such a pervert. <laughs> so my old boss, Jared, my mm-hmm. like uh, my professor when I was doing my master's, he had a framed movie poster of Coming Home in his office. Huh. He was a big Hal Ashby guy. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I like so, Last Detail the most, but being there is pretty good. It's Landlord. It's okay. It's not too it's bad. Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything I would throw out there as far as well, The poster looks like breasts. Yep. It's, it looks like it's supposed to be like a, kind of a more raunchy kind of heady movie. A little like, whoa, do some heavy doobies mm. before you watch this. It's like not like that at all. There's some jokes about militant blacks and how like, yeah. stupid racist white people are. They're his like parents. And then mm. his mom, she like has some real dealings with some people and she gets laid back and then she gets all worked up about it because she's not supposed to be like that. Mm. Yeah, there's oh, there's some blackface in this too. Uh, but it's Sounds like, like but, a, but it's, but it's uh, Ted Danson style where it's like he's at a Halloween party and it's all white people and Bo Bridges like, uh, not, not, so Bo Bridges knocks up a black woman and also starts dating a woman uh, that is black but she passes so you know it's all very it, wait, wait, socially wait, wait, real what do you mean by that what do you mean what do you mean passes she passes as white is that something that's desired uh, it can make your life a lot easier probably in America I don't know. I have a pretty hard time. You do? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> is that your bur- is that your burden, sir? Yeah. I mean, heavy is the crown, right? Wow. I'm just kidding, you guys. <laughs> you don't can get sign all up to upset. RJ's t- uh, newsletter. <laughs> uh, well, just someone call Alex Jones, see what he's into, and we can talk about those gay frogs on here too. Mm-hmm. We might as well. We're talking about everything else, right, Jared? That's right. So yeah. I watched well, movies. Yeah, you did. I'm, I watched I'm, an eight-hour movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm And a 20-minute movie. I'm on the hunt for a, a vibe, man. You know, you dig? What kind of vibe are you looking for? I don't know. A good one? Like a good vibe or a good movie? I'm looking for some of that disjunctive editing. Disjunctive? Ed- you should watch uh, Sharp Objects. <laughs> the eight-hour Gillian Flynn movie. Mm-hmm. Can wait, can I suggest something to you? I'll just look at my watch. You should watch Balloon Farm. I saw that you added that to your watch list. Yeah, I told are, you. Are, I was when, when, are you going to watch uh, Easy Riders Raging Bulls, the documentary? Or you could also watch Decade Under the Influence, directed by old uh, is it Jonathan Demi? John, John Demi or Ted Demi? One of the Demi's. I'll put it like this. If you want me to watch the one of your one. movies, Sounds you're going to have to Demi. watch one of mine. I want you to watch American Flatulators. Nope. It's only 53 minutes. If you watch, if you watch, okay, 
You, you, you pick one for me and I'll pick one for you, but you have to watch it. You watch Easy Riders Raging Bulls. See, I'm not, I'm not even like picking like a movie you should actually watch. This is like you should watch this documentary. If you watch it this week, mm-hmm. I I shall watch But Crack. Okay, but I've never seen Easy Rider though. So is that even is Easy Riders Raging Bulls a good thing? I've never I, even seen it. I don't think it'll ruin anything. <laughs> How about I'll put it to you here. I'll put it even better to you. I'll watch one of those movies you lent me that you'd probably like to get back. Well, you should just watch one of those movies. I'll watch one of those if you watch Butt Crack. No, you should just watch one of those movies. And then maybe you could watch American Flatulators. RJ, you got any news for us this week? We got another one. Canadian Idol. Canadian Icon Idol. Some would say Canadian legend, uh, star of Hobo with a Shotgun, uh, Rutger Hauer. I believe he was born somewhere near Creepsville, uh, and he was a good Canadian boy, and, you know, we got him. uh, Because the Blade Runner episode was only, what, like a month ago? Something like that. And, uh, you know, it's pretty wild. The, uh, I was listening to one of the, like, two podcasts I listened to last week, and they were talking about The Hitcher. And I was like, I've never seen The Hitcher. It's like, I should watch that, mm. like, around now. I got and, that uh, DVD. It's probably be, well, you should lend it to me, and uh, <laughs> I'll never watch it. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we got him, and uh, that's one that it's like, he could have, it would have been better if he was around more, but, you know, you what are you going to do? years old. He was an old-ass man. He, had he probably run. had a wild life. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to say that he went to wild parties when he was a younger man, but maybe he did sure he had his uh share yeah. yeah what are you gonna do um this is more of an anecdote uh the mm-hmm. other week chanel was watching some comedians in cars whatever that's called oh getting caught don't don't play coy you know exactly about jerry seinfeld's hit comedy netflix shit series mm-hmm. comedians in cars getting well, coffee well, were you aware of the episode where he's like hanging out with matthew broderick oh no uh <laughs> driving convic- around driving uh, around in cars <laughs> confirmed murderer Matthew hey, hey hey no hey hey hey, hey. Se- third or what it's is it second or third degree mur- murder is manslaughter in his confirmed teeth. manslaughterer there you see that's different uh it's all yeah. different rj it's they said all different yeah that that's his defense uh they settled okay <laughs> What's the deal with vehicular manslaughter? manslaughter. Am I right? And he's just and they're, mowing down and they're, people. And, and they're driving. <laughs> so I thought, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and you go, oh, whoa. I didn't know that, but. Uh, there you go. Yeah. The, more you know, always, the more you know. I will always remind people well, about how Matthew Broderick killed that family. Funny t- story about United that. Kingdom. So, that, yeah, the guy who uh, directed The Hitcher, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's kind of a Matthew Broderick, too. But oh, I, think, I think he actually like paid for his crimes in some way, though. Like his career ended. So, oh, yeah. Oh, not Matthew Broderick. He settled for like, wasn't it like eighteen hundred dollars or something? Oh, something like fucking. Uh, it's it's ludicrous. Look, if you've never looked into this, read that fucking story, and then you tell me that Mel Gibson shouldn't be allowed back into Hollywood. They brought Matthew Broderick back. No. He fucking killed a bunch of people. <laughs> Literally. Um, so news, RJ. News. Yeah. Some of Criterion's October 2019 releases. Oh, well, nobody gives a shit about any of these. Now. Well, hey, 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 hey. What, what are you, a racist? Are you, a, do you not care about poor people? 
Uh, no. Yeah, yes, to all those things. They're the second one, not first, the first one. Well, no, you... So, first of all, we got uh, the When We Were Kings documentary coming out. I don't know what that is. Is it good? Muhammad Ali? Oh, I know about him. Oh, Can no, I, uh, you now you, now you do. Mm-hmm. The, the, the champ the, is the, here, the, Jared. The, the way that the uh, Blu-rays package, it's like, this movie was directed by Muhammad Ali. <laughs> it's like so weird. Like, it's like, I, uh, at the I saw... I saw Ali, the Will Smith movie, in theaters on Christmas Day. That mo- and that up. movie sucks. Well, but Jarrett, the champ is here. Yeah, that movie's not very good. That's like Michael yeah. Mann's, like, probably his, probably his worst modern movie. I wasn't old enough to know that. I thought it was a prestige format uh, oh, what a, film. I mean, I think it's most because it's like, man, how do you take Muhammad Ali, one of the, the greatest men to ever live, and then make such a like not great movie at all. Like, you know what I would like even more than Muhammad Ali Mm. is documentary about George Foreman, about why he named every one of his five children, George. Well, why aren't you making that doc? Uh, I would love to, I just can't get the right. I see. Did you know that he has three sons all named George? And uh, the two daughters are like, like, you've brought this up. It's well, how do (laughs) you not bring it up? At least four times on the podcast. Now, how do you not bring it up for each child? Yeah, we got John Sayles Madawan. This movie I was not familiar with, and I was reading about it. it sounds pretty good. It's about uh, it? it's about uh, goons busting heads, beating up union types, mm-hmm. people trying to organize, trying to make a living for themselves, and uh, violence ensues. It's like a Harlan County USA type deal. This movie sounds pretty good, and uh, it's got a really good Blu-ray cover. So I'm mm. I'm down with that. But okay. RJ's obviously not. He doesn't like black people and he doesn't like poor people. What a what Whoa. a surprise. These but are you, serious allegations. But you know what RJ out. does care about? He what? cares about the re-release of Hoxon on Blu-ray. Ooh. Uh yeah, that's a that's a good show. Wow. Check out our review on YouTube or SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher or maybe even the Tumblr. Check it out. Check it out. It's got, a nice, it it's got a nice new cover. It's probably got a nice new transfer. It's going to look great. Outstanding. Yeah. And then, is and then cool. biggest news of them all, Joseph von Sternberg's silent films collection is getting released on Blu-ray. Is that going to be $9.99? $99.99 or something like that. $9.99? Yeah, it's, uh, whatever. How boring. We'll, we'll watch it one day. No, we won't. We're not going to be around by then. That, that's true. Um. Yeah, yeah, so cool. No Spine 1000. What are you going to do? Right? Yeah. Are we, are we ready to talk about a movie? Uh, yeah, yes. Let's do it. I guess so. Let's go back to Lithuania. Back to little known Lithuania, Sweden. Mm-hmm. After the break. Lithuania. We're taking a train to aunt and uncles, and we're going to record a podcast. Talk about how Jared is a racist and uh, hates women and poor people for once. The RJ Baylog story.
Et non d'air Jag ska berätta allt. Jag har norkar och ska jag berätta allt. Hon har precis den humor. Historier ur livet. Det är sånt hon gillar. <skratt> Upp nu! Fan, varför sov inte Det är inte så farligt när man tänker efter. Det kunde ha varit värre. Tänk på att så hemskt sluta för den där grabben som fick fara ända till Boston. Bara för att få en ny njure. Han blev berömd, då kommer det enda tidning. Men dog ändå. Det är viktigt att man jämför. Så, ja, det är bra, det är bra. Sista. Ja, fint mot dem inte. Kom här, Ja, bra. Mina damer, det lek med dörren. Bra. Och tänk på den där tanten som skulle missionera i norra Etiopien. Hjälp! Mamma! Och henne bankar om hjälp med treklubbor. Mitt i en predika. Vad ska du föreställa? Din hund va? Den är död, jag fattar inte det. Tänk på Laika, den där rymdhunden. Henne skickade dem iväg med rymdraket och lät dem svälta ihjäl. De hade inte ens rätt att skicka med tillräckligt en tjej. Jag har faktiskt haft tur om man jämför. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about My Life as a Dog. 1985, directed by Lassie Hallstrom. The synopsis of the film, a boy obsessed with comparing himself with those less fortunate experiences a different life at the home of his aunt and uncle in 1959 Sweden. So RJ, are you familiar with the work of Mr. Hallstrom? He's a a Lithuanian um, (laughs) uh, screenwriter, correct? (laughs) If by Lithuanian you mean Swedish? Sure. Sure. Like the chef. Sure. Yep. Swedish. Uh, no, I am not familiar with said guy. He's a man who directs uh, movie pictures. Like what, what such, such titles as What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Chocolate. Dear mm. John. The Cider House Rules. Safe Haven. The Shipping News. I mean... Uh, well, well, I, uh, I'm, I'd be interested to know when he moved from uh, things like Gilbert Grape and well, I guess Chocolat's pretty like. I was gonna say into those like what is it, Dan Green or whoever writes those Safe Haven, Dear John books. Do you know what I'm talking about, Jerry? Nicholas Sparks is who I was uh, mm. thinking about. Yeah, this is uh, well, it's based off of a book, you yeah. know, Jerry, mm-hmm. from a guy named Radar Janssen. Uh, he's kind of like Klinger from MASH, I think is uh, how he's described as. Uh, I actually 
watched the supplementary material on Criterion Whoa, Channel. Oh, you did. Uh, it's 20 minutes of uh, Lassie, who I still buy. I got. I got to mention a movie called My Life as a Dog, directed by a guy named Lassie. Sounds completely made up. Too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Uh, but that dude talks about. Um, he's mostly talking about like the movie and then this author, but it's, it's kind of like uninteresting stories where he's like, yeah, you know, I made a movie and then, uh, they're like, Hey, you want to make another one? So I was like, yeah, all right. And then I made this dog movie and, uh, you know, it's a book and that guy's an author and that's all good. Like that, that's all it's him. 20 minutes. He's just worried. It's like, someone should give that man a, uh, a podcast. They, They should, but that's all it is. And like, he, I mean, it's fine. It's all right, but he he uh, he does talk about how like the ending to the book was different, but it was too dark. Oh but, shit! So uh, I can tell you about that when we get there. But, okay uh, then. I'll just uh, I'll hit since we were talking about Radar Johnson. I, I thought mm-hmm. I would let you know I, uh, I I learned a little bit about him this week. Wow, yeah. excellent. Yep. So this movie it's about a kid named Ingmar, mm-hmm. and him and his brother Gunner. They're your typical annoying kids. Not like extraordinarily annoying, but they're like you know they're they're kids. They're a couple of boys, you know. They get, On a scale from Jarrett to RJ, ooh, they're a couple of shits kid RJs. Mm. Hey, I was a perfect little angel. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was. Yeah. Ask you can yeah. Oh, so are you you're talking about boys getting into trouble? Hey, eh? boys will be boys, right, Jarrett? Boys will be boys. Isn't that what you always yeah. say when you? Uh, so get you know, hold there, there, there's like there's like fun there's like fun moments like uh, Ingmar sticking his dick in a uh, pop bottle. Classic. We've all been there, right? Yeah. And then someone's got to help get his dick out, get his pecker out, and they do. And Oof. then and then we have a thing where like you know, mom's like, "What's wrong with you?" and uh, He's like, you know how it is. And she laughs. <laughs> and then she starts coughing up blood. <laughs> you're like, oh, God. That's you're what like, that, that, that's, that's what we're in for in this movie. Uh-huh. Well, see, initially I was, I was like, was this the uh, the TB? But I, well, I mean, it was. Yeah. But uh, I didn't guess that. I thought she was just, uh, she was just lazy. You know, is lazy, one of the symptoms of your laziness coughing up blood? I mean, if you're really dedicated to being lazy, it could be. Hmm. You know, I thought I had mono for a year, but it turned out I was just bored. Oh. You what know about, what I mean? What about the shingles? Uh, no, that one was real. There was no blood coming out of my coughs, but uh, my eyeball bled a little bit. And don't even talk about the toilet. Uh, no, that was no different from my normal day. My Every day on the toilet is a, a class five disaster with me, so... So RJ, is this as usual? Yeah. While watching my life as a dog, I felt uh-huh. the sword of Damocles hanging over my head because this movie has a mm. dog in it, a cute little uh, yeah. dog, a real Benji dog, and he's mm-hmm. like he's a little companion. He's always like mm-hmm. hanging out to the side, going for walks, going out to like you know by the train tracks and hanging out. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh god, this is about adolescence. Some like bad kids want to cave that dog's head in with a rock or poison it. We've we've mm-hmm. run the gamut of. Uh, what, what could happen to this dog? Mm-hmm. And then, so I have to say that when the dog was removed from the story off camera, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we can breathe easy. But then mm-hmm. it's like, then kind of like the other shoe drops in like the most graceful ways where you're just like, oh, the dog's gone. <laughs> like the dog's yep. dead or something. And like, it's all left very vague. You're like, wait, 
So it's all like this mystery. What do you think? Is there like a thing where it's like, well, it's a they, metaphor, Jared. They took the dog to the kennel, and Kay, then I what actually, happened? Okay, <laughs> well, do you want me to get into it for real? Yes. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, right? Like the whole the whole thing is he's talking about like he's like we have to compare ourselves to others, and he's always talking about Leica, yep. the space dog, yep. and how like horrible it is mm-hmm. that they sent that dog up to space, knowing full well. That it was just going to die of starvation, mm-hmm. strapped to like a fucking board, pretty much. And it is like, and he's just like, you know, I feel bad for that dog. And he's like, and those people were not good people. Uh, and he's like, and I'm comparing my life as that. Uh, it happens to him. His dog gets sent to the kennel, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really put down is the way I interpreted it. Or it, maybe it was sent to a kennel and they're just like, you know what? You couldn't, you, you don't, you can't have a dog here. We're sorry. But it's also, Jarrett, his life. He is the dog. Are you saying it's he, almost like his life is as a dog? As a dog? Yes. And that's what I mean. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty obvious. It's like, I don't think it comes off like. You mean when the key starts barking? <laughs> well, yeah, that one. But I mean, I don't think it comes off like super bluntly where it was like that. But I was like, yeah, he gets sent away too with the intention of never coming home again and then he gets that realization he's like my dog is gone i'm never going home i am named radar johnson yeah this is my life this is my life so i mean that's the way i i took it but uh i don't know i could be wrong (laughs) maybe that's like the uh superficial way to interpret the story but so yeah we get the dog he gets the he gets taken out of the picture and you're like oh that's yep. that's oh, that's good yeah, nothing, what a nothing, air nothing. Release. yeah ah good the dog's not going to get run over or shot or killed by an abusive man some mm-hmm. some of the many tropes that have kind of come into mind I'm like oh boy here we go but that was off the table mm-hmm. uh, but instead we get to watch this kid who gets shipped off to live with his um, mom's brother and his wife out in the country mm-hmm. and uh kids or kids uh it's like i don't know if you call this even really coming of age we get some some titties in this movie there's this like real lo- real lovely lass uh that really takes a shine Ooh. to ingemar and like she's like oh you're just a little kid hey hang out with me she works at the mm-hmm. glass blowing factory everyone's working at uh, in the big glass factory making mm-hmm. blowing glass and uh i don't know living a real meager swedish lifestyle in the boonies, mm-hmm. there's guys who just like constantly are working on their roofs. There's like dirty old men who have like little boys read um, like descriptions of underwear to them while they. I wrote lay down their Jared ha- hands under the blankets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wrote down Jared at that scene because you've made me do that too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like lingerie well, magazines that, that was the, or catalogs. That was the first version of the podcast. That was the first version where he's just like reading out like these weird transcripts of these like Alex Jones podcasts. And I was like, why do you want me to read this, dude? And he's like, just uh, just keep reading. Yeah. So uh, it's good for my it's good for my tuberculosis. Yeah. I was like, all right. right, Whatever. Um, So yeah, there's a tomboy girl. Mm -hmm. Saga. Saga, the uh, hit comic book from Brian K. Vaughn. And. Oh, and what and what else? And Fiona Staple. Oh yeah, hey, I met Fiona Staple. She was a really nice lady. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. convenient. So uh, uh, it's true. Mm-hmm. I got a commission from her. Yeah. Do you know what of? <laughs> Sweet tooth. 
Uh, no, I didn't actually, because that was before I was doing that. I got a commission of her of a crane. Wow, <laughs> that's even worse. A, a so, good use of her talents. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Anyways, um, so they uh, they hang out for the summer, I guess, mm-hmm. in in rural town. They go back to the city. Mom's supposedly getting better. Mom's not getting better. Mom's dying, and mom dies, mm. and uh, the brothers are kind of just sent to separate houses. I guess one lives with the mm-hmm. another brother, another uncle, maybe related to the un- unknown father figure who's uh, off like shipping bananas. Bananas. It's Down- a key plot point. Yes. Some, some, mm-hmm. like, if someone's going, if someone doesn't do it, no one's going to do it at all. Uh, Andrea came down when I was watching the interview thing. And like, uh, it was just a little clip from the movie and he's like, it's the kid. He's like, someone's got to ship those bananas. And Andrew is just like, all right, I'm going back upstairs. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I mean, I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what were you talking about? Bananas? Bananas and my life as a dog. Mm-hmm. So kid gets shipped back. Things are a little bit different. It's, mm-hmm. it's wintry and cold and more like shitty. Things aren't exactly, sure. they're, they're not all like fun and shiny. Like when he was down there for the first time. Now there's like this Greek family, this, this, this mm. family of Greek people moved into the basement. They're taken over and now he's got to live upstairs. But even his aunt and uncle are like, Ooh, yeah, there's just not enough room for you to sleep up here. You're going to sleep down the street. You can hang out here all the time though. Come on by. You can eat here. Everything will be the same, but you're going to be sleeping down the street with the old mm-hmm. lady. And you'll be sleeping in her dead husband's bed right beside her. <laughs> and I don't know, RJ, if you have many memories of sleeping by old people, but it's uh, it's not a good time. What do you mean memories of sleeping by old people? Like old family members? Did you ever never have that experience sleeping with your grandparents? Uh, <clears throat> I slept at my grandparents' house a couple times. Yeah? You never had to like uh, like sleep side by side with them at any point in, in your existence? You, you uh... managed to dodge that bullet? I mean, I probably could have. I also, I found sleeping in in their house was like kind of spooky as wow. as it was. I don't know about like sleeping right beside them. Oh, man. Could have been even spookier. No. Spooky. 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 What were you talking about? So this kid, he's uh, he's, he's turning into a real mess. He's, getting, he's oh, suffering yeah. all those, those traumas are building up. He's mm-hmm. like, where's my dog? When's my dog coming back? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he'll be right there. Until uh, he pisses off Tomboy Saga, and she tell, lays it out, saying, yeah, he's dog. your dog's dead. And, of course, this hits home. He realizes, yeah, my dog's dead. My mom's dead. Everything sucks. Mm-hmm. He's becoming a real dick. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. What does he do that's uh, dickish? Well, let's see here. He starts ignoring her. They have, they have a row. You know, little kids have rows and they're no longer friends anymore ever again. And he starts hanging mm-hmm. out with like another, another. he starts hanging out, with, he gets invited to another girl's birthday party. She's more of a girly girl and uh, they're vying for his uh, affections in his little like Pee Wee Herman costume, I guess. A little mm-hmm. bow tie and suit. And uh, yeah, there's a boxing match. There's an ongoing subplot involving boxing. Uh, this kid, this little elven little boy, does not look like much of a world beater. He looks like he could get beat up by most any kid. And uh, I don't know, things all wind up uh, in a nice, neat little package. This is a real kind of, I don't know, it's a drama. It's one of those types of movies. It's not my speed. It's fine. I would 
never watch this movie ever again. I've it's already slipping from my memory. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, RJ. Yes. What did you think of uh, my life as a dog? Well, contrary to popular belief, Jared, Laika the dog, who was sent into space from uh, from the Russians, did not die of starvation or uh, what they claimed was a you. Uh, it was she was euthanized in space prior to oxygen depletion. But what really happened was she died from overheating uh, shortly after the takeoff of uh, the rocket. Are you sure? That the shuttle didn't go, land on the moon, and then she like started hanging out with the moon people. I, I mean, in my mind, that's how I would have wanted the story to have happened, because I uh, sympathize with this poor boy Ingmar and his tales of interest, uh, and him talking about. He's like, you know what? I think it was probably a bad thing that they did to that dog, and I was like, I'm with you, man. There's a lot of that uh, was a weird thing because well, he always talks about. He frames it as uh, there's always someone that's got it worse than me. Just, Worse than just, me. just like in that letterbox synopsis, it really lays it out. Yeah, which like, I uh, I don't like when people are like, could be worse, because I feel like it trivializes things, uh, and it's like you don't know. But I mean, it's I, like I like the, uh, it's like the comic of the dog in the kitchen. This is fine. This is fine. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. But like, he's using it as like this coping method. Here, uh, what was I going to talk about? You're, you're, how did you feel about this movie? No, I was going to talk more about the dog uh, metaphor or the analogy of the Re- dog here. but Really you, unpack you, it? You derailed me completely. I completely, did, I did Jared. I, I did it. You finally did it. I had like such insightful things to say about uh, my boy Laika, the dog. These movies. These, these movies. movies. These, these, uh, these rat catchers. These George Washingtons. These my life's as dogs. As dogs. They, uh, well, I mean, not George Washington, because that's like the worst use of uh, that kind of thing. Because <laughs> it's so ridiculous. About raping dogs? About dog, raper, dog, rapi- dog rapists? No, that the sounds dog, like the man do- is raping the dog. Oh, no, these raper, are the dogs who rape dogs. children. Allegedly. Wow. Allegedly, Jarrett. Hey, they wouldn't say it if it didn't happen. Uh, I mean, you might have a point on that one. But uh, what did I think of this movie as a whole? I thought it was fine. Uh, I'm with you. I'm not going to watch it ever again. Uh, I don't know what uh, old um, Kurt Vonnegut got out of this yeah. as much as, uh, as he did. But uh, I think it's like, I think there are elements of charm in this thing. But. Uh, but there's also other stuff too. Like, so I think this thing is like a little Fellini esque, as it is like this eclectic, like medley of weird characters. But it's not as weird as Fellini would go. You know what I mean? Like, there's this guy who's like up on the roof fixing it all the time, and there's the old pervert. But like Fellini would have nine of those old perverts all jerking off on each other, and they'd all be clowns. And they'd all be clowns, and they'd all be in a Volkswagen bug. And, and we'd have Nina Rota music. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone is, like, weirded out by that, just watch Criterion Collection Spine Number 5, and you'll know what Amarcord. I mean. Amarcord. That, yeah. So, I mean, I got, like, Fellini vibes from it, but it's not as – it doesn't go there like Fellini does, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's a little bit more dialed back. It's a little yeah. more realistic, but I think that's why uh, the Fellini – Wild characters are a little bit charming because they are more eccentric. So 
there's that. Is that a is that a win in the Fellini column, RJ Baylog? No, uh, Jared. I, what I'm talking about is you know how you have to compare things. It's kind of like this movie that I watched once. It's called My Life as a Dog, where he was talking about comparing things and how you need to compare things to get kind of perspective of yourself. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. So I actually I kind of liked all that stuff. I liked how it was like the reoccurring like. I'm thinking about that dog Laika again. It's like, man, I can't get over that shit. Shit's wild. And uh, I, I actually uh, liked that bit quite, like, quite a bit. Um, and I think there are like things that uh, are endearing about this, like because he, like, when he gets his dick stuck in that bottle, and the mom is like, "How do you get into this trouble?" And he's like, "It's not my fault." <laughs> he's like, "Shit just happens to me." Uh, like when that girl is like. She's like, come here under the train. And then the dad comes and he's like, what are you doing? Sexing up my daughter. And then he's just like, oh boy, not again. Uh, so I, it's like things do just happen when you're a little boy sometimes. Sometimes you get into trouble, but you don't mean to. So I thought that was kind of nice. But I think certain sort certain failings of this, Jared, is that you're dealing with a, an autobiography and you're dealing with an autobiography where this the guy who wrote it is writing it from the perspective of himself when he's like 10 years old or not even the perspective of him, uh, of that, but he's writing it, uh, about like a 10 year old version of himself where every single female character is like interested in him. Uh, the ones that are of appropriate age are like sexually attracted to him. And the ones that aren't just have some, unearthly uh, compelling like thing to be around him. I found that a little bit weird. I was like, this guy's really into himself. Where like all of these like young girls are just throwing themselves on him. Cause that one scene when the girl's like, I've undressed, come lie with me. I was like, these fucking kids are like eight years old. There ain't no eight year old kids is like doing shit like this. If they are, didn't happen to me. So <laughs> I, I was just like, I think this guy's a little high on well, himself. RJ, you're gross. Yeah, I know I'm gross, but this kid was gross too. And I'm I'm looking at uh, a picture of uh, old Radar Johnson, and he's not like the most uh, like star-studded dude either. So maybe in Lithuania he's like uh, Fabio or something. I don't know. My point, Jarrett, is uh, I think you have things like that. It's like, well, I'm sure there were like a couple girls who like had crushes on him, but I just find it problematic that uh, it seems like all of the female characters in this thing are like drawn to him. Like he has this irresistible like pull from all the women. It's like, all right, man, you, uh, yeah. All right. It's like, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? Old perverts like Jarrett. Yeah. Life is hard. That old woman says to him, uh, lying in bed, which uh, apparently you find is a uh, very upsetting. Uh, I, I found it weird in this movie where it's like, so the town is like super communal and they all like gather around stuff like that's fine. But I thought it was weird when uh, the dude who fixes his roof goes into the lake and they're like, hey, Franson's in the lake. He's going for a swim. Let's go. Let's go watch. And they all the entire town shows up and laughs at him. And then he's like, fuck all you people. And he like tries to drift away. I, I would have done the same thing if I was going out for a nice little swim and an entire town came and laughed at me. I'd be like, fuck you guys, you pricks. You know what I mean, Jared? That's every week when the new episode goes up on uh, YouTube. 
and everyone comes and laughs at me? Yep. Fuck all those pricks. That's my point. Uh, one scene I actually really liked was um, when he, like, the weight of it all kind of hits him, that his mom is dead and his do- dog is gone. Uh, he has that scene where, like, the dog is under the mother's bed, like, barking, and the mom's, like, screaming for it to be quiet. And then he's under there trying to, like, hold the dog. And it's a silent scene. I was like, hmm. That's what uh, it's some nice filmmaking there. Some fine artisan film craft that only the director of Chocolat could bring to us. So uh, I actually like that that little bit there, Jarrett. You know about that little bit there? You know about that little bit there, Jarrett? Did you know this was nominated for uh, Best Director in the 60th Academy Awards? I did not. It was. Uh, let's see who else was nominated for Best Director that year. The winner was Bernardo Bertolucci for The Last Emperor. Bertolucci? Bertolucci. Uh, and then we have Adrian Lin for Fatal Attraction. Mm-hmm. John Boorman, Hope and Glory. And uh, Norman uh, Jewison for Moonstruck. Mm. Know what I mean, Jared? Yeah, I mean, I think... My life as a dog is fine. I I got like certain things out of it. But at the same time, I was like, there was a lot of stuff I thought was weird too. So like all those kids bathing in like that fucking like coolant or antifreeze, whatever that shit was that was turning all of them green. I was like, I bet that actually did happen. But uh, those kids probably had some serious fucking health problems later on in life. Just bathing in like these hardcore chemicals. Yeah. It's called. Well, the, like, it was called the fifties, man. Well, I I know some old farmers now that have health problems because they're uh, they just got like all those uh, fluids on their hands and shit when they were like working in the tractors. Mm-hmm. You made that weird. It wasn't a weird thing I said. <laughs> and then, so you know what else is weird, Jared? That uh, like that child nudity scene in this thing, which is like I'm sure that probably happened too. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was just made up. But I feel like there would have been a better way to film that where people watching it wouldn't be uncomfortable that there's like naked kids on screen. And I know what you're saying is like, why are you uncomfortable? Why that? And it's like, because it's like a movie with naked kids in it. Like, why is that even, why does that exist at all? Did you get that at all? I I was completely indifferent. Well, I thought it was weird. It's the same thing with Stranger Things where these kids making out all the time. I'm like, why are these kids making out? Why is this like a popular thing right now? Why do other people want to watch kids make out? Why do people put kids undressing in shows? Like, I don't get it. I'm not looking for it. Take it out. <laughs> cancel, canceled order, Jared. I don't know, Anyways, RJ. Yeah. I thought I thought that was weird. I was like, this is like a long, weird nude scene with these kids. I was like, I don't know what this is about. Hmm. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one. Hot take. Maybe I don't like nude kids. <laughs> or maybe you don't like the way they make you feel. Jarrett, you're you're getting into s- suspicious territory over there. Or just be indifferent to it and be like, oh, yeah, there's some naked kids. Kids are naked sometimes, just like people. Kids are naked sometimes, but there's laws against showing them. Uh, I mean, you know what I mean? Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> how does this fit into like the legal framework here? Because... Do you, do you know? You know? Like, that's mm. illegal, right? To show nude kids? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, so how does it, how does I don't know, RJ. You should go uh, talk to your lawyer about this if you're really worried. 
I'm not worried about myself. I'm just like thinking about these people. It's like this is weird. This is on Criterion Channel. There are nude children on the Criterion Channel. God. Bud. 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 Oh anyway, do you have anything else to say about my life as a dog, Jared? No. Other than it's like, uh, I don't know, it's this uh, coming of age adolescent stuff. I, I uh, It doesn't hit with me. It's because you were either, you're one of two things. You either never, it. never oh. came of age I'm or you it. came of age when you were like five and yeah, you're just yeah, like. I'm over it. Grow up, kids. Oh, so do you want to know how the real story ended? Apparently, he lived on his own for like a year or two. Just like completely by himself when he was like a ten or eleven year old kid. So he hunted and caught his own food. I think I think it's like he just lived in that little shack beside oh. the house, and that was like lived on his own. Sure. But uh, Lassie Halstrom was like, "Oh, he's like that is uh, too dark." Ugh. Eh, not even that bad. Well, apparently he thought so. Oh yeah. Also, Lassie Hellstrom, he talks about ABBA a lot in that twenty-minute video. He, he even made a uh, ABBA film. He claims he made all of their films, Jared. Oh. He was like, I made all their Swedish-made stuff, and then he corrects himself. He says, "Sorry, all of their stuff." <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, dude's just taking credit for like the entire collection, like entire works of ABBA." All right. Yeah. And I mean, no one can prove me wrong on that because who 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 out there is going to watch that twenty minute video? No one. So I can say whatever I feel like, and no one will ever check it. Well, especially these people who hate my life as a dog. Mm. Hey, did you know that uh, this Lassie Halstrom person just made that movie a dog's purpose? That yeah. one that got in like serious shit for like allegedly like just throwing dogs off of waterfalls and stuff like. Or not? Why? Well, what? it was a bunch. Well, they got in trouble because it was like all this stuff where it was like the dogs were being mistreated on the set. Where there's like a scene where a dog like pulls some kid out of a stream or something, and a dog's purpose got hit huge because they were like, "Holy fuck! How many dogs did you waste in this movie?" They uh, they refuted all of those things, but uh, so none of them turned out to be true. Well, a controversy. A video surfaced on TMZ showing footage taken from the set, which shows a male German shepherd named Hercules being dragged and dipped into rushing water while visibly resisting. There's more. <laughs> but uh, anyways, the more you know, Jarrett, the more you know. Joseph S. said, half a star, one of the most obnoxious experiences I've ever had watching a film. Sorry to say. I hated every scene, every choice. Um, every choice, every every, every you, choice. Like this is like like this is a movie that like how could you even have like a strong opinion about this? It, not, it's so to, uh, adequate. It's so it's like yeah, that is a, the movie you are watching. Thanks for coming out. Hope you enjoyed the show. You move not, on. Not surprising from someone who gave uh, happiness five stars. Oh, see, that's just that's for a... bad, bad takes all around. Uh, they just gave uh, Death Becomes Her five stars. I can get down on that. But uh, only the only other half star review they have is for or rating is for Darjeeling Limited. Mm. Right? Is that weird, Jer? Life Quest, two stars. Mm. These kids needed more supervision. Did they? I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm not going to tell they, people they how to raise their kids. Ring. 
raised they, them they, kids. They, they, they did have an illegal boxing ring. And it's like, yeah, kids will figure it out. I mean, they all lived. I mean, until one of them dies, but I mean, they all live. I mean, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, it's not like we're all like... not going to be tortured like in a Stephen King novel with like traumas, uh-huh. like all oh, the evil clowns trying to drag us down to the sewer again. It's like not not yet, not yet. The the, the greaser kids aren't, aren't going to come around. Use switchblades on our bellies. It's funny you say that because uh, one of uh, LifeQuest's five star movies is The Outsiders. Oh yeah, it's just like yeah. it's just like that. The well, you you said greasers with switchblades. Yep. And demon clowns. Uh, they also, also get five stars to Princess Bride, which I know that's a future creep. That movie's not five stars. Not at all, you guys. And uh, their half star ratings aren't interesting at all. I don't know what any of this shit is. <laughs> like almost any of this. Uh, whatever. Maria. Oh, whoa. whoa. Half star to Green Room. Mm. Not good. Not nice. Sad. Maria Jose. Two stars. Okay. Yeah. Most uncomfortable movie I've ever seen. I'm not <laughs> even going to try to understand this. Weird as hell. I'll pass. What do you think she thought was weird? Do you think it was all that nudity? Probably. Yeah. See, I'm not a weirdo for pointing that out. I think or, that's a legitimate Or thing. you are a weirdo like these people. Like Bobby. Two okay, stars. Wait. It's okay, like wait. I log- actually... I'm I'm on board with Maria Jose because they gave one of their favorite films is Texas Chainsaw, and they just gave Call Me by Your Name two stars. So this is a rare person that I think really knows what's going on. I'm with you, Maria. Bobby, I'm with you. Two stars. It's okay. like watching a Rob Reiner movie in Swedish, <laughs> but not one of the fun older ones. It's flipped. <laughs> <laughs> it's flipped with the weird psychosexual part of childhood that most people try to ignore. Uh, well, okay. I'm I'm not ignoring that that stuff exists. No, I know. No, no, I am. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know. Just get over I, it, man. I I know that stuff exists. I was just saying, like, I I just thought that throw put it in the movie too. Sure. I just like don't actually show the nudity. That's the only thing I was saying. It's like you could have showed done that whole scene without actually showing any nudity. Hey, Bobby, one of Bobby's favorite movies is what we were just talking about in the preamble, Being There. You know about that, Jared? I for, yeah, I know Bo- about that movie. Lots of criterions for favorite movies, like a lot of criterions, nothing interesting, except Funny Games is five stars, the remake, mm. the remake, which is weird. And then I'm looking at their half star reviews here and uh, not a lot to talk about, but they did give Norbit half a star. Mm. Norbit's That's- not bad. Yeah. And Little Nicky half a star. Little Nicky's also not bad. I mean, Little Nicky's not good, but it's not bad. You got any more uh, brain busters for me over there? No, I don't. This person, uh, Bobby, gave Max Keebler's big move uh, one star, (laughs) which is like... (laughs) Max Keebler's big move. I've seen that movie. It's fine. That's like dropping flipped. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I have a hard hard time disagreeing with the Rob Reiner take. What do they mean by old Rob Reiner? Stand by me. Stand by me. That's old. So what's new? It's like Swedish flipped. Yeah, flipped. Um, I talked about flipped on the podcast, didn't I? Probably. Flipped was like 
Flipped was fine. It's not great, but it was fine. Oh, and I, yeah, Prince's Bride I'm not on board with. I bet he liked Prince's Bride. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Misery and Stand By Me, that's some good shit. Yeah. What else did Rob Reiner do lately? Rumor has it, and so it goes. Morgan Freeman in I Married My Granddaughter. You ever hear of that controversy? Good Lord. That's a real thing, apparently. I just, hey, I just read that on the internet. I'm just telling you what I heard. Rob Reiner directed Ghosts of Mississippi? I didn't know that. Sure. That's a good show. You ever seen that? Nope. Oh, it's got my girl Whoopi in it. Whoopi. Any any other thoughts about my life as a dog? Uh, No, like, honestly, I think it's fine. I don't think it's, it's not a bad show. It's not a good show. I don't know. I, I got a little bit out of it. I mean, so it's not a bad show. It's not a great show. It's okay. No. It's all right. It's, yeah. it's a movie. Yeah, I think I liked it more than you did, and that's fine. Yeah, I don't even. <laughs> Jared's I, I, so removed from being a kid, though. He's just like, I have always been exactly as I am. Fully my, formed. <laughs> my name is Jared Duncan. I am a debutant from the South. Yep. After the break, yeah, we've decided to settle here in Sweden for a little while longer. And do and do what? Well, it was it nineteen fifty nine? In about sure. eight, eight more years, we'll be watching our next Criterion movie. What is that? We'll talk about that after the break. Oh, okay. Never nude. Never nude. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I'm in there with Tobias Funke and Zach Braff. Uh, I am I'm pretty much never nude. I'm super uncomfortable with the human body mm. as a whole. So uh, there you go. See, this is more your problem. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought that would have been obvious. Maybe I should edit that into the actual episode. I just don't like anybody being nude. Mm. I see that just seems inconsistent. Well, I mean, I like looking at abs. Your as long whole, as it your doesn't whole, your, sh- your whole shtick is like seems to be such like one of a man celebrating the body. I the, do the, like the, the body. The, 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 un- the, the AW. I don't body. like genitalia. Uh, dink. Do you see? You don't do like you see dink, the dink and peen and vag. Nah, nah. Can you, can you say those words? Nah, I won't even repeat that. That's horrifying to can, me. What vagina? Nope. Can you say vagina? Nope. Wow. I could say uh, Hoochie Coo wow. and a uh, little peener. There you go. Remember that part in Blade 3 when Blade grabs that baby and he's like, Hoochie Coo. You ever <laughs> seen Blade 3, Jared? <laughs> nope. I don't need to watch any more Blade movies because we got new Blades coming. Well, we are going to have to watch those, though. You can email us at criterioncruise at gmail.com and tell us about your excitement for Blade. Yeah. <laughs> They should. Tell us about Blade. Fucking Blade. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. How about that? How about Tumblr? 
I, I mean, I has someone has anyone started it yet? I'm gonna search it right now. Has anyone done this for us yet? I think I did. Um, we got a Patreon for. Uh, we do have a Tumblr. We yeah, we have those deep pockets yeah. that need to be filled, folks. We got whoa, that was a weird sound there, RJ. Oh no, wait. Uh, no way. We got uh, we got a YouTube. We just passed 666 subscribers, and we're on well on our way now to a thousand. Yeah. Glory be. Yeah. SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that jazz. And next week, Spine 179, 180, and 181. I what? am curious. The collection blue and yellow from 1967, directed by Vilgot Schlomann. You know, I, I, I've been dreading this for forever, but we're going to have like a horrible f- three months, aren't we? Just <laughs> fucking movie after movie where it's like, here's three movies. Here's like nine movies. Fucking horrible. And these ones are like two of the same movie, just kind of different. When do we do that true foe thing where it's like 20 oh. fucking movies? Well, you're going to, yeah, we'll talk about it in about three weeks. Uh, we'll yeah, be, exactly. We'll be, we'll be hitting that uh, by brackage. We're going to be watching like 40 movies. I'm not in it. Any of this. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. You check, take a look at my watch list there, big man. I don't look at anything that you do. No. I hate you. Yeah. Why well, I'm a naked child, so. Exactly. I hate all nudity, especially Jarrett nudity, which is the worst kind of nudity, let me tell you. The worst. Good night. Huh? What?